0: Are you ready, Christine? I'm ready. Are you ready, Ma? Yes, I am. Let's go.
1: Let's go to Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania is where it's set, but not where it was actually filmed.
0: I think
2: maybe a little bit. Really? Yeah. So, I don't know much about Pittsburgh, but when I saw this, I said they must be God. Why would you live there? But they must be in Pittsburgh.
0: It did give it that vibe, you know. People love it there. Yeah, yes. P- actually, Pittsburgh is a beautiful city. I've been there. It's got it's the three rivers. It's like it's very it's very nice. Um, yeah, but tough, tough people. Yeah, yeah, you gotta
1: be. Yeah, well, we are doing the nineteen seventy eight the the deer hunter in honor of memorial day because we certainly lost a lot of young men in vietnam and um some young women as well
0: and that, that that's something that i just um was reiterated to me this week was how veterans day is for people who served right and Memorial Day is specifically for people who lost their lives in combat, of, in combat protecting this great nation. Exactly. Don't get them. Twisted. Even
1: when the great nation was not nice to them. Oh, we have a well, lot to talk about.
0: It's, it's the history of America. There's the promise, there's what it's supposed to be, and there's what it actually is.
1: This is an in-depth examination of the ways in which the U.S. Vietnam Vietnam uh, conflict.
0: Dang it, was, but it's a war. I mean, it was it's Memorial never, Day. Like, yeah, I'm it was never it a declared a war. Yeah, it was always a, a conflict. But for those who lost their lives, it was a war. For those who who still live with the horror, it was a war.
1: Uh, impacts and disrupts the lives of people in a small industrial
0: town in Pennsylvania. The particulars. The Deer Hunter premiered in Los Angeles on December 8, 1978, and it premiered in the United States on February 23, 1979. Mm -hmm. It was directed by Michael Cimino, who also wrote Silent Running and the second Dirty Harry film Maximum Force. He also directed Thunderbolt and Lightfoot and Heaven's Gate, which was the film that came after this. The screenplay is by. Was Derek. it about the cult? Heaven's Gate. Yeah. Uh. No, no, no. Oh, I don't okay. think so. Bummer.
1: No, it was way before the cult. Oh, okay.
0: Wait, was Heaven's Gate the the Nikes and the pink, yeah. the purple? Tri- yeah. This oh yeah, before. I guess that was a different time. Um, The screenplay is by Derek Washburn, who also wrote The Border and Extreme Prejudice. Those are two separate movies. Although, if they were, that was the name of a film. The Border Extreme Prejudice. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, The story is by Derek Washburn, Michael Cimino, and Louis A. Garfinkel, Garfinkel's darling, and Quinn K. Redeker, Two names that I'm like, are these guys for real? Because they sound like they just got, like, they're just made up names. Here, here you go. But no, these two gentlemen wrote an unproduced screenplay called The Man Who Came to Play, which was about Las Vegas and Russian roulette. Oh. And Ooh. Louis A. Garfinkel's, Garfinkel's darling, he also wrote I Bury the Living, Face of Fire, and the Doberman Gang. Oh. And Quinn K. Redeker played Alex Marshall on Days of Our Lives and Nick Reed, Joseph Taylor, and Rex Sterling on The Young and the Restless.
2: Oh.
1: Oh. Babs Antini represented.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think it's fascinating that this man played three different men. In a soap opera. So you know there was twins involved. Triplets. Triplets involved. Cosmetic surgery to uh, Mm -hmm. take other people's identities. Amnesia. Oh, yeah. All of it. The music is by Stanley Myers, who um, the Cavatina guitar piece that is in the beginning of this film, he wrote that, but it was used in the film... The Walking Stick, and then it was used in this film. Hmm. And he also did My Beautiful Laundriette and The Witches, to name a few. The director of photography was Vilmos Zygmund, who also did Close Encounters of the Third Kind, Deliverance and The Two Jakes, to name a few. The editor is Peter Zinner, who this guy... He has quite an IMDb. Here are just some highlights for you The Godfather, The Good Parts, one and two, Mahogany, and The Hunt for the Red October. Oh, wow. Just okay. to name a few. I mean, if those are the only movies that you do, that's yeah. notified. But this guy, so many hits. Blackbusters. Starring, Blackbusters, starring Robert De Niro as Mike Vronsky. He was in The Godfather Part two. Then he was in Taxi Driver, then came this film, then he did Raging Bull, and then he went on to do Godfathers. I mean, Goodfellas. (laughs) (laughs) Really,
1: the same thing. Oh, rest in peace, Ray Liotta. Mm Mm-hmm.
0: And and Cape Fear. So by the time like Robert De Niro had already done Godfather Part Two and Taxi Driver, so he was bona fide. Yes. You know, at this point. Yeah. We have. Christopher Walken played Nick. He was in Annie Hall, Heaven's Gate, True Romance, and many memorable Saturday Night Live sketches. More cowbell. More (laughs) cowbell. John Savage played Steven. He was in The Onion Field, Hair, and Salvador. Salvador, yes, that's what it is.
1: He, He was
0: familiar looking. He's been that guy. <laughs> dude's been in so many things. It was just scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. On his uh, Wikipedia, John Cazale. He played Stanley or and Stosh. How do we know him?
1: No, that's not the right one. Never mind. <laughs> so,
0: John Cazale. He made um, five films in seven years because he had a very short. Career because it was cut short. This is actually his final film performance. It was him, Fredo. Yeah, yeah, that was him. Yeah. Th- so these, are the- this is the span of he, b- he had a couple of movies before this run, and then he hits these five films, and then he's like, I'm out. Um, The Godfather, uh-huh. The Conversation, The Godfather Part Two, Dog Day Afternoon, Damn. and then this.
3: Yeah.
0: I, I don't think anyone in cinema history ever put together a streak of five films like that. Just, here, here you go, here you go, here you go. And he was dating Meryl Streep. He was. Mm-hmm. Yep. just like, super talented. Um, Meryl Streep is in this. She played Linda. She was also in Julia, Sophie's Choice, Kramer versus Kramer, Death Becomes Her, so this happened pretty early in her career. Uh-huh. Um, but nerd alert, this movie is the first of her 20 plus Oscar nominations.
1: 20 plus. 20 plus. and there's a reason wow. for that. Mm-hmm. I mean
0: and it's fascinating seeing this because this is the I saw this movie when I was in college, <laughs> so many, many years ago at this point. And then seeing it now, it's fascinating to see how much. Because now her daughters are are acting, and so we're seeing her daughters and stuff, and how much, like, wow, they look like her. Exactly. You know, where you're just like, oh, this is wild. Um, George DeZunda, he played John Welsh. He was in No Way Out, Basic Instinct, Crimson Tide, and he was one of the OG lawmen in the original Law and Order as... Mike Grievey. Oh. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. Stroll- Stoller played Steve's mom. She was in Clute and Desperately Seeking Susan and the Honeymooners. And Chuck Aspergrin, he played Axel. He was a non actor. He was actually a foreman at, East Chica- at an East Chicago steel mill that Robert De Niro oh. and Michael Cimino visited when they were doing research and scouting and whatnot, and they huh. were so taken by the, by Axel that they were like, here. And he comes in, and he delivered a great role. I'm like, wow, what else did he do? And I think he was just like, nah, I'm in and out. This ain't the life for me.
1: He'd rather go back to the steel mill?
0: I, I guess so. But, I mean, it's really easy for us to say, but, you know, Hollywood's not a great no, place. Uh, so. Agreed, but,
1: wow, that... Oh, working in the steel mill—that is, I
0: mean, you, but he was a wait. He was yes. So I don't know, but maybe he was a foreman. So maybe okay. it wasn't as bad as
1: okay. He had as come that up. perhaps, yeah. yeah, you know? Cause whoa, that is
0: hard work, scary work. But all things that you could say about Hollywood, at least like maybe at that time, you know, he was like I've made I have made a nice little living here maybe he would have a pension set up whereas he could try go try his luck out in Hollywood yeah, and he, yeah. you know it's it's where's your next job going to be what's it going to be like maybe he was just or maybe he wanted to do that and doors you know slammed in his face it, who, knows who knows the story yeah. hopefully it's just he his, he's happy with the way that things worked out hopefully those are my particulars.
1: Okay, well, uh, we meet three young men who work in the steel industry. I mean, they are they are there with the liquid fire going down and making stuff, and they are on their way to Vietnam. We don't. We were never told if it was because their number was up or if it was because you yeah. know were they drafted or did they choose to go. Um, I'm gonna go with drafted.
0: I figured that because they were older, like they weren't. I don't know. I kind of got the feeling they chose to go,
2: but who knows? (laughs) Um, we were talking about that. We could have figured it out, but yeah,
1: because everyone was so gung ho on go defend the United States
0: over there in that faraway land. But were they still in? Because this was in. 67, 68? Like, this wasn't... From what I read, this wasn't supposed to take place, like, in 65. Yeah, so they They would have
2: known what...
0: Yeah. They were it's, getting in there. And that guy came back. Remember, like, when they're at the wedding reception and there was a veteran there and they were all, like, excited? I feel like they're, ex- like... If, if there were people who like they got drafted and it's like, yeah, th- this is like what I want to do. I'm doing, you know, like, because your number got called. So what are you going to mm-hmm. like, you know, you, you make, yep. you're making lemonade.
1: Yeah. We have a lot more about that later. Um, they decide to go on one more hunting trip before deploying. I was going to put what could go wrong there, but Tini came up with a great quote. Uh, and she set the table in far fewer words than I. We got Russia, China, and guns. What could go wrong? What could go wrong? <laughs> uh, a lot does. Okay. Um, so, POC, as far as in their little um, steel industrial
0: uh, town,
1: small town?
0: It, yeah, it was a Slavic-American town, so... Yeah, Russian
1: Orthodox. Russian, was, yeah.
0: Ukrainian, you, you know, just. But that not world. always. Mm, but not always. Polish vibes.
1: But when they went to Vietnam, see, and that's what I was waiting for because the people who were drafted were the people who didn't have the funds to get them out of the draft.
0: Yeah, it was Did, poor people. Yes.
1: Yes. Oh, the people
0: man, the people that this country has gone to great lengths to divide because they know that if they ever united, exactly. it's hurt. Exactly. That was, that's been the get-go from the jump. Yeah.
1: Cause there were a lot of young men of color in the military. In, I mean in Vietnam. Oh yeah. In the in the enlisted ranks. Poppy's number was number ninety. So he went to ROTC to become an officer. So um cast me
0: tickle the ivories too before <laughs> you send me. Look what
3: I can do.
1: Leave these digits intact. Um so there were several Vietnamese people, there were several uh people of color American people. Um cast
0: well, I did the. I found there were. I counted about three plus black soldiers when when we're over there. Uh, one black taxi driver and uh-huh. two bar patrons. Although it was, I don't know if it was. I think maybe at the bowling alley or something like that. And then, like you said, we have many Vietnamese. We also have Chinese as well. Um, particularly harsh look for the North Vietnamese and particularly tough look. For the Asian women that show up in this film, just yeah. just just bad beat all all around. Yeah, making money how they can because it's tough times.
1: Yeah. So um, as far as cast, like the fact that it was um, the poorer people who were drafted and sent there, um, that's not cast unless you're just looking at the at the. Um, People of color.
0: No, it's a it's a form of caste, but it's it's more that's more class- classism. Become.
1: That's what I felt like.
0: But because of caste, it adversely affects poor non people of color. Like it, right, do, it right. does such such harm to them.
1: Right, but they're happy to be one wrong. Up
0: on the ladder.
3: Right.
0: Okay. Do you have any cast? I have cast about this town
2: where this was supposed to have been set, which is Clairtown, Clairton, Clairton, Mm -hmm, Pennsylvania. Uh And I don't know. This isn't like a source that I've ever seen before. But it's called AbandonedAmerica.us. Oh, it says nestled away at the bottom of a hill in Clare, Inn, the this eerie little abandoned neighborhood of Lincoln Way, have become an attraction for urban explorers and vandals. It consists of about thirty to forty abandoned homes. Um, there's a fabricated story I call of the beast of lincoln way terrorizing the residents kind of like a monster story or whatever but um there's a few articles dating back to the 1910s that talk about lincoln way the neighborhood in clareton was a vibrant black community inhabited by a bustling enclave of large families that relied on each other The street was home to a church and several stores. A butcher shop supplied meat from livestock raised behind the homes and gardens and orchards fed the residents. And part of the reason the community needed to have its own infrastructure was the segregation in nearby communities. So there was a resident named Mildred Reed and she did an interview. She said, we couldn't just go to the soda fountain in the nearby white communities of Wilson. They wouldn't serve us. So we had to be self-sufficient. so they kind of they created this community in Clairton so that I thought it was interesting that in the film there was no black people there when it was yeah. Clairton. But mm.
0: interesting. And yet
2: uh, not typical. I mean not surprising. surprising. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: Interesting and
2: not. Um but it also goes on. I mean, there's a whole thing about um much of the news about the area is fairly routine, um, save for the ugly practice in newspaper articles dated back to the 20s through the 30s of differentiation, differentiating individuals who live there as Negroes and referring to them, you know, um, and talking about auto accidents, funerals, business ads, and things like that. Um, But then some weird things did happen in the small town. In 1932, uh, there was the arrest of two men who had been carrying out numerous bombings that had destroyed both life and property at a traffic stop in Lincoln Way. At the time of the arrest, they were in a truck with their 35-pound bomb and were believed responsible for a blast that destroyed a 40-room apartment nearby. Um, They did not live in Lincoln Way. They lived 20 minutes away.
3: Mm-hmm. wonder why they
2: kid is in there. Mm. Um, yeah, so I, that's about Lincoln Way. There was a lot of pollution. Pollution was part of everyday yeah. life. Clareton Works is listed as one of the top polluters in the area. Fine repeatedly for emissions, including acrid sulfur dioxide, which mm. irritates the eyes, nose, and throat. Smells like a lit match. Mm. Um, sulfur. And it says, as years went on, children who grew up in Lincoln Way left for other areas, and husbands who worked at the mill died, leaving widows And Lincoln's Way's primary remaining population. And as the elderly residents passed away or removed into nursing homes, often their belongings were left behind. So the effect of a growing number of abandoned homes was devastating to a community already struggling to, new- to entice new residents. And the last house was vacated in 2012. Uh Um, And there's some pictures. It's kind of like just an abandoned neighborhood, though.
1: Wow. Oh, good research,
3: Tini.
0: Yeah. Nice. I have a couple of casts. So I had this quote. It was from this article, Peter Biskine, on Michael Cimino's twisted torture legacy, a mystery in death as he was in life. The director of this film is a character. So this quote, he says, worst of all, he, meaning the director, used the war as no more than a backdrop for a story about friendship rituals among American males. I'll say American white males. I'll add that Mm -hmm. in. And while other U.S.-made war movies may have similarly put Americans in the foreground, the Vietnam War was still too recent, I add... This came out three years after the fall of Saigon. Mm-hmm. So this would be like something huge happening in 2019 and us making a movie about it. Yeah, happened. I thought it was a little strange. I, I was like, oh wow, this came out in nineteen
2: seventy eight.
0: Yeah. So that was part I mean, now we're kind of used to something happening and and we just make a yeah. movie about it and stuff. I tried to look up stuff that happened in 2019 because it seems so long ago, and that was three years ago. But we've went through a um, yeah,
1: that was before times. So. Yeah, yeah, <laughs>
0: exactly. Um, so he said that in also court- sorry if you're keeping track.
2: He's snoring right behind. Oh, me. we have the oh, snoring. Oh, okay, I'll everybody, drink, drink.
0: drink. <laughs> um, so it similarly put Americans in the foreground. The Vietnam War was still too recent and Raw to treat the Vietnamese as nothing but extras, stick figures with guns. Uh-huh. They point out that the flamethrower scene that attribute like when Michael picks up the flamethrower, um, that that attributes North Vietnam to the North Vietnamese some of the same atrocities that were committed against non-combatants by American GIs. Okay. So it just flipped that. Like mm-hmm. The lifting up and throwing grenades into mm-hmm. where the women and children were was what has been mm-hmm. documented, as some American G.I.s did. Um, Studs Terkel, from the Chicago magazine, great name, Studs Terkel. Studs Terkel. <laughs> he said, quote, because there was when this movie came out, there was a lot of people who applauded it. We'll get into all of the awards and acolytes, but there were people, even at the time, who he said, and Studs is one of them, said, quote, he was appalled by its shameless dishonesty, and that not since the birth of a nation has a non-Caucasian yeah. people been portrayed in so barbaric a fashion. Ooh. He said Chamino's dishonesty was, quote, was to project a sadistic psyche not only onto Charlie but onto all Vietnamese portrayed. Studs came out, shots fired. Yeah. Just like this racism will not stand. Just calling yeah. it out in the seventies. So I thought that that was very interesting. It's because- very interesting because that's a hard look for.
1: I um so I was in college from seventy to seventy four. Wild times. And um so the war was the um <laughs> issue was still going on. And um, I protested against the war, but the way that the GIs were treated when they came home was horrendous. Mm -hmm. So it's really hard. Yeah, that did happen. And it's horrible. And war is horrible. All of war is horrible. But those guys didn't get I mean they were following okay it's a whole thing yeah, it, it's, it's just, a whole it, it's thing so,
0: it's so it's so it's tr- I highly recommend um doing a service to everyone to your country and stuff of just of watching the Ken Burns Vietnam documentary because mm-hmm. it just goes through everything Oh, I need and, to
3: watch that and
0: it, mm-hmm. it it's very long cuz it's Ken Burns but it shows all of the layers cuz it it can't be distilled down into one thing of saying this is the bad guy and these are the good no. guys right, and that's exactly. what this film does is that it's like these are the bad guys but like you don't even realize like the French coming in And like they pretty much started this whole thing, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and it's just it's it's wild that there's all these layers, and then these guys come home, and then they get the brunt of it when they were, yeah, it it it, it's just it's a cluster cuss. It's just their
1: their community sent them. You know, flags waving, yay, yeah. and communism, yay, the American way. And then they come home and they're called baby killers and they can't yeah. get jobs and
0: because they're all addicted of the anger, drugs all of the anger that the people had when they realized like they they that we've been, been lied t- to exactly. and all of that, then they then the soldiers become the um like the the, the face of that. So then all the anger gets to, right. you know, and luckily like we've learned I, I think because we do treat our soldiers, well, I'm going to say the public opinion and stuff, but when we actually get to what we do with our veterans and stuff, it's, mm-hmm. it's shameful. So it is. on the PR front of how we treat soldiers and we let them come in on, you know, we put camouflage on NFL teams and mm-hmm. show how much we love soldiers and stuff, but we really don't show it where it matters. Exactly. It's, it's all performative. Um, And we'll get
1: into the whole uh, military-industrial complex and tasty titties.
0: Eisenhower warned us. Yes, he did. So then I also have in cast this quote. um, The Russian roulette is a metaphor for what America was doing with its young people, Mm -hmm. sending them to war in a foreign place. That was exactly. a quote from Chimino. Because when this I movie like came that. out, um, a lot of people were talking about, like, D- what is this Russian roulette? Like, this isn't accurate and stuff. And he was... Like, again, Chimino will say one thing one day and just give... he, You know what? He kind of came across to me a little bit, maybe controversial, kind of Kanye-esque in his... He'll say something one minute and then say the opposite the next minute and and just, like, building up. And, and definitely a, a showman and had his things, but people who worked with him got very frustrated with him. Pathological liar was thrown about. I don't wow. know if that's with you Kanye. Know, like, I'm not—I'm separating that's Chimino, not Kanye, but just— don't take don't, out
1: Kanye, Aaron. Please don't take out. Kanye.
0: I'm not. That's why I'm not. It just, just the 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 way that that this guy was, um, I mean, very talented, an artistic and a visionary. But then the interviews, if a microphone was in front of him, who knew what he was gonna yeah. say? Yeah. But I thought that that was great. That he's like, no, it was, it was a metaphor. Yeah,
1: because not so, every community in in Vietnam had people who were playing Russian roulette.
0: Okay. Right. But it was because it was a metaphor for what America was doing. And like mm-hmm. you said, specifically to its poor people, mm-hmm. because that's who was going, who was getting drafted, who was getting enlisted. If you had the means and the money and you.
1: And middle class, too. I mean, middle class people.
0: Uh, yeah, but that there's yeah. a line of middle class like where you're poor, <laughs> you know, and yeah. then there's the line yeah. of middle class where you're upper middle class and you can escape. such. Right, pain. right. I mean, well, my where, brother
1: my brother, put on tons of weight so that he wouldn't be able to go to Vietnam. See? You know? Yeah. A lot, a lot of people went to... Keep, okay, we'll talk about that later.
0: So, I just thought that it was interesting because um, that this is an area and it's with the poor people and there's a lot of frustration in the country this week of like, why can't we get our act together and stuff? And... I'm somebody that I'm not a gun person, but I, uh, after 2012, I was just kind of like listening to the people who, like, why, like, why can't we do driver's license? Like a Mm -hmm. driver's license kind of thing on guns. Like, why can't we ban assault weapons? And I looked in, I'm like, You know, last week I mentioned what I do when I have questions, is that I Google (laughs) gun control. I Google X plus racism and see what comes out. So gun control and racism.
3: Mm
0: -hmm. Ah. Might not surprise anyone what comes back is that maybe the reason that we are so... There's many reasons why the gun culture in America is what it is, right? But one of them that I thought was interesting that I don't really hear that many people talking about is how many Southern states imposed high taxes and banned inexpensive guns as a means to price out Blacks and poor whites. Mm -hmm.
1: Because you, I'm telling you, you arm uh, a city of Atlanta you arm the black women in Atlanta, and we
0: will have gun control. Well, so there's um, there's a it's a paper by Steve Eckwell, the racist origins of U.S. gun control, and he's gone through and he's listed from 1640 in Virginia prohibiting Negroes, slave and free, from owning a gun. That was in 1640 through. Stop at 1792 when you have the Second Amendment is passed, but since blacks were excluded from the militia, Mm -hmm. blacks people were not allowed to own guns. For the Second Amendment didn't apply to them because it applies Mm -hmm. to a well, a militia, and that was defined as white able-bodied males, white able males, white able-bodied males, 18 to 45, to furnish their own musket or firelock. So they they had to go in and define that because in the Second Amendment, it said militia, but then they were like, oh, whoa, whoa. White people can only form right. the militia. White right. males from this can form the militia, and you have to have a musket or a firelock. So it was very specific in what it termed, which is funny how it, it, that part doesn't get mm-hmm. brought down. And then in 1866... You have the 14th Amendment, which gave citizenships to Blacks now. So now the Second Amendment does apply to Black people, except between the time that the 14th Amendment was proposed and the 14th Amendment was ratified, the KKK was formed. (laughs) And so what would happen is there's also, like, you can go through this, and it's this whole list of state by state, because when 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 black people were, oh now they're free, oh now they're citizens. Well, now in order to have a gun, you have to be registered the police decide who have guns. And so then the police know everybody who have guns. So then the police would go around because they had a list of everybody who wants who has guns. Mm-hmm. They go to the black neighborhood, they take their guns. they do, The the footwork, they're the the ahead team, the scout team for the KKK, because the police went, had Uh the list of who had the guns, took their guns, the KKK came in, and they weren't armed. Right. So then, maybe one of the reasons... Because I kept hearing all of this. I remember two thousand twelve people yelling about the government's going to take my guns. Government and I'm like, the government's not going to take your guns. And then I do this history and I'm like, oh, oh no, the reason why they won't budge an inch on any of it, why they don't want to be in a database, why they don't want licenses, why they don't want, They don't want one step back is because they knew what the deal was because they did it. They They did did it it before they took people's guns. And that's why they're so hell bent on not taking the guns. It's it's come. It always comes back to cast. That's why there's um, did you know that Mississippi was the first state that had a registration law requiring them to maintain records on all pistol and ammunition sales? It was in Mississippi. But what state had the most, the highest population of black people?
3: There was a reason because they
0: wanted to yeah. know who had, who had the guns. And I would point out that that's like black people, the KKK going through. That wasn't just, if you were a white person and you were a poor white person and you knew what the deal was and like, hey, this is like raw, Like we have more in common together. They have that list. They know like, oh, Christine Mabes, Liz Bush. No, nah, y'all a little too friendly. Yeah. You, you need to surrender your weapon. You can't have a gun. So, or or you're Catholic. You, you can't have that gun. Uh-huh. So the KKK comes up. They like they had the police just went out lawfully and disarmed people, and then it's like, oh, the, the KKK. We couldn't do anything because you went and took all the armament away. It's, it's it's wild, and it's, and it's it. Look at what they're doing because they don't want that to be taught because it goes back. Right. It all comes back to to the original sin. It all comes back to that. It's wild. Nobody's really talking about it. That's where the gun culture comes in and who had it. and then you get the ego involved in the people associate having that a weapon with them as being protect protection. but it's a paradox because mm-hmm. you're actually more likely to get hurt if you have something for protection. But then the fear, that you need it because all these other people have it keeps propagating and it comes back to money and slavery.
1: Money and slavery. Money Also, and slavery.
0: planet
2: Planet Money. I don't know if anybody listens. NPR podcast. They re-released an episode this week that um, called the NRA's Secret Tapes. Mm. And um, it originally ran in 2021 but it talks about because just like this year so like right after Columbine shooting there was the NRA was supposed to have their convention in Denver and just recently I think in 2021 maybe 2019 these tapes were released and they're all like it's recordings of people from the NRA talking about like discussing should we have the annual meeting? How do we respond to this? do we what do we do? And it, I don't know, it just talks about the money, but it also talks about how like the people who support a large amount of the NRA support, is also their biggest problem like the biggest reason that they do so well is also their biggest problem because they're also the people who work with like these crazy fucking people mm-hmm. that are using guns for like buying assault rifles and doing all this other shit it's interesting i just recommend the episode it's good Excellent. talks about the money you know it's all about money in the end
0: it is. And it's it's interesting just because, you know, like what happened in Buffalo, you're going to have people who are like, mm-hmm. like they're coming after, you know, like black people from the beginning of this country. Like, I need a gun to protect myself from the KKK. And then there's just all of these laws and impediments to put it. But then meanwhile, these uh, it's it's but but that's but nobody wants to talk about that because it because we uh, we just can't talk. We don't about, want right? anybody
1: to feel We can't hurt anybody's feelings.
0: I'm oh. sorry. I'm sorry that I brought it up to you guys. I apologize.
1: I know because you know Teeny and I, I really are really hurt my feelings. Are are pretty much white, and so yeah, I pretty, I'm pretty much. Yeah.
0: <laughs> That's the funniest thing you've ever said.
1: <laughs> so now we are to nerd alerts,
0: and I have my own. Do you want me to set the table for seventy eight? When this movie came in.
1: Oh, I so apologize. No, it's. Wow. I'm mostly so white. Way. So, you know,
0: <laughs> I step on your toes. <laughs> They're
1: brown toes. Who cares? Well,
0: I could tell because you were definitely alive in like 78 to you is just like yesterday. So you so probably was, don't need to no- be told about 78. 78 was a pretty good year for me. Having a lot of fun. Um, Roman Polanski skips bail and flees to, flan- to flee. Ooh. He does flee. He flees to France after pleading guilty to charges of having sex with a 13-year-old. 13, 13, 13. The U.S. Senate hearings are broadcast on radio for the first time. Is- 1978? 78 U.S. Senate hearings? Our broadcast oh. on the radio, and how many people listened? I'm thinking not that many. Yeah, but it's it's wild to me because allegedly this is a democracy, so it's supposed to be representing the people, and well, we've had can't radio. It let the people
1: know too much.
0: I know that's why it was wild to me. I was like 78. Jeez, um, Dallas. The television show. Yeah, debuted on CBS. I'm telling you, that was a thing. That's why I included Friday it. Friday nights. I think it was Friday nights. If you were listening to the radio of the Senate hearings, you would have heard the Senate voted to turn over the Panama Canal to Panama on December 31st, 1999. In 1978, they're like, Panama, we'll give you control of the Panama Canal in 1999, on New Year's Eve, 1999, <laughs> if there's still a world.
1: Because in 2000, everything's going to blow up anyway. So there you go. That's your yeah. gift.
0: Might, what, what do you say, Ma? Might white of them. I <laughs> beat. Right white of them. Right white of them. The first Unabomber attack happens 78. I didn't realize that. Mm-hmm. Vietnam attacks Cambodia. Yeah. And Jonestown happens in Guyana. Kool-Aid. Yeah. yeah cool. 918 people died. Mm-hmm. Fun, yeah. Drank the Kool-Aid. That's where that comes from. Yeah.
1: Literally drank the Kool-Aid. Okay, so now we are to nerd
0: alerts. Oh, I could do the films, the top films of <laughs> the 1978. The answer is no. <laughs> Heaven Can Wait. Number four was Every Which Way But Loose. Clint Eastwood. Uh, number three is Animal House. Number two was <laughs> oh. Grease. <laughs> Grease, teeny. Grease was number oh, two. Oh, number two. Yeah, because because the number one movie of 1978, Superman. Get those. And, With Christopher Reeve. Yep. Uh-huh. Oh. and the Oscars, we had an unmarried woman. Oh, I
1: remember mm-hmm. that one. Really? Oh, I, I thought you
0: were going to tell me who was nominated. An unmarried woman was
2: nominated.
1: <laughs>
0: it was That's a it movie was... though. Yeah. It was nominated for, <laughs> yeah, but it was the mo- name of a movie that was nominated for best. Book I was True.
1: a married woman at this time. Mm-hmm.
0: Midnight express.
1: Yes. Another Vietnam movie.
0: Heaven Can Wait,
1: uh, Warren Beatty, being Warren Beatty,
0: coming home,
1: That's another Vietnam
0: movie with Jane Fonda and John Voight, and The Deer Hunter. This one, best picture. Yeah. Oh, wow. yeah, all right, Ma. Sorry, go, 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 run free. Okay,
1: so my nerd alert, I've already brought it up because you know, I can't keep things quiet. Vietnam was not a war. Uh, Congress authorized troop deployment, but they never declared it a war. So it was a conflict.
0: That's semantics. It, I don't know it. if I don't know if that's what semantics means. It just felt like that's what that word means. Of <laughs> the.
1: And, you know, you're just saying things to
0: say, like, that's, we're labeling it. You can't say that what happened over there wasn't a war. So there must
1: be, there must be an economic reason for that.
0: There are people, the answer is money. You know how many people made so much money? Like a lot of the names that we know now to this day, if we go back and look back, it's like they made so much money over Vietnam. Right. And it was what Eisenhower said the military-industrial complex.
1: Exactly. Uh, so that was my nerd alert. I was pretty proud of it.
0: Well done, well done. None for me. Erin? I, I, I have no more nerd alerts. Oh, alert. okay. I guess, I guess my nerd alerts are in tasty titties.
1: Yeah, they're a lot. Okay. and And also with reheatables... Yeah, there's going to be a lot that that uh, ebb and flow. Yeah. So we are to negative reheatable. Mhm.
2: Christine, would you like to go first? Yeah, I would. The intro was boring. Thank you. Didn't like I, it. Don't Just, uh, you know? Don't mince words here.
0: I, I didn't Capedini, like it. The cavatini, the cavatina guitar piece.
2: Yeah, boring. Didn't like it.
0: You know, I had this on my negative reheatable as well because it made me think of the Princess Bride, and so mm. I was—I had that Princess Bride in my mind, and then then this—I don't think I enjoyed this film as much as you two because that was my mindset going into this, and this oh. is not the Princess Bride. Oh, honey, so that's too bad. I <laughs> am totally. I what we were going into on that. Cavatini. It made me think we were about to go on a nice little romp. Even, even though I've seen this movie before. It's still...
3: Yeah. I, was like, I knew we weren't going to be in a nice
0: romp.
2: Um, doing dangerous things in cars. I don't yes. like that.
1: No, I don't either. Especially a big-ass car that's sort of a
2: tank. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know
0: what? There's more, but I... Stop writing. Understood. Mm. Understood. Did you stop writing because you just were enthralled in the film? Yeah, I really was into the film.
2: Mhm.
1: Well, I mean, it just it jumps from it,
2: uh, uh, yeah. a
1: wedding that goes on way too long to
2: I don't know about fuck, that. That's a matter of opinion. So I'm with TV we'll
1: on an,
0: that as a matter. We'll of We'll get opinion. into the positives.
2: Yeah.
1: Okay. Okay. I did have the length because I felt like I understand that the uh, the wedding was to show. One that these guys were, were solid power. Pa- I mean, these were f- friendships rooted in deep, deep emotion. I mean, they these grew guys up together, and that they also bet on everything. Reminded me of um Michael Jordan and Charles Barkley, they bet on everything. So that comes in.
0: Um, oh,
3: that's what, I missed
0: that. Good,
1: and that, um. Yeah, I mean they were deep, deep friends, but I did feel like it could have been cut a touch. Oh, I do have the opulence. Uh, I mean, this town is—it's—it's it's a poor neighborhood, mm-hmm. and then you go into the church, the opulence of uh, that church. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If they had just toned it down a half it would still be totally opulent and they could have given half to that community
0: Ah, that's not um, the churches get down though
1: yeah whoa that uh, that just was so startling the the difference there um bridesmaids dresses thank you teeny yeah yeah
0: well oh, done with that i thank you I mean, I, that's presumptuous yeah. of me. That
1: was rather presumptuous. I no,
0: I, 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 as, as soon as it came out of my mouth, I, I mean, walked it back. I was like, oh, I, I'm, apologies.
1: Maybe I wouldn't have been in the bridal
2: party.
0: <laughs> I just um, say it on behalf you of Gregory, You would have been. Yeah. No, see. But you, yeah, uh, that's,
2: I hate bridesmaid dresses. They're always yeah. ugly.
1: Always. Even and if they, you give
0: them the, yeah,
2: there's okay. no way to win. Either there pick them it. out for them. Uh, it, there's no way to win. Cause
3: there's so all
1: different it.
0: body types. Different dresses look different on different. Teeny, body did types. you
1: ever see the Say Whoa. Yes to the Dress, the Bridesmaids Edition? No. Where the brides are in there with her bridesmaids and they're trying to pick dresses. My God. But they do
2: do it on um, Brides of Beverly Hills. They also they featured them and they're brutal. The brides are brutal to these bridesmaids sometimes.
1: Yes, it's awful knowing that people have body issues okay now the ruffled tuxedo shirts you know just do a little pleat you don't have to have those ruffles that christopher walken wore i remember those they were uh a lot of guys wore them to prom not my guy because i didn't have one and i never went to prom but you know i'll Wait, talk to my I therapist didn't know you didn't about go to prom? i never went to prom or home i never had a you date, date in high school. i didn't never had a date in high school
0: I mean I went but I still never had a date in high school but yet I still went my senior year I'm like well fine let's just see what this is and I I have that experience and guess what guys if you didn't if you didn't go you didn't miss anything so she, she came easy. home from homecoming <laughs> came in to
1: Poppy and I were in bed came in and went yeah this dating stuff is way overrated But I did get to go homecoming and prom dress shopping with you, and that was fun. Um, the throwing rice that happened at our wedding too. It wasn't until after that that we found out how bad that was for the environment. It, it, yeah, birds. Yeah, would eat but it, people just didn't it, know. No, we mm-hmm. didn't know, but well, they were be, excessive with the rice.
0: Well, because it they was were. it was to um, symbolize fertility and prosperity, and it was rice because rice was so cheap. Right, that's why they. Thank God they didn't
2: throw it at ours. Yeah. Yeah, and
0: and you know the bride was already pregnant. So, but then people found out like, just give that a little bit of a think about how rice is, you're no longer allowed to throw it, and then think about that the next time you're going to consume some rice. It just. Uh, Just say a tidbit. I know, but for
3: birds, eat
0: it, and it has. I have fried rice in my refrigerator, so I am pointing the finger at myself as well. It is, though, maybe something to consider and look into eating leftover
1: rice because it gets a bacteria on it, and you can get sick from leftover rice if it's left too if it has been left too long cooked and out. In the environment too long, yeah, it's a real thing. Look up. No, it, 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 I is had never heat. been sick. Right. Yeah, right. this
0: is gonna
2: be my deer hunter. <laughs> this is my gambling. Um. Drugs? Also, I'm just gonna add to that. Anything. I don't need bubbles. We don't need no. like just let people walk out. You can walk out of the damn building. There you
1: Exactly. Are. You, you don't get that. The, the soap it. on your clothes and
2: yeah, or walk to the bar. That's all you need. That was great. I enjoyed that.
1: Uh, drunk driving and drunk hunting are definite no nos.
0: Yeah, I mean hunting in general. Well, isn't it interesting how it's like drunk driving, but like to drive you need to have a license. And then drunk hunting, I guess you do need technically a hunting license. You need maybe. a
1: hunting license. Yeah, you and they look like they
3: had
0: that on the back of them. They had the hunting yeah, license.
3: Yeah, did. Uh huh. But have I, their I
0: mean,
2: I do have that in my negatives. I didn't write it down, but it's in my head. Is deer hunting? Now, I do have a friend
1: who does hunt in Texas, but that family use like his thing is always don't kill anything you're not going to eat or that isn't. Yeah, going to if
2: eat you're eat. gonna use it, then great.
1: Exactly. But these exactly. people
2: were not used. They were maybe they would.
0: They might. I feel it. like Mike would. I feel like yeah. because yeah. his whole ethos that we'll yeah. get into later. I I do feel yeah. and also. Um, yeah, I mean, go ahead, Teeny.
2: We are watching if um on Netflix the u s version of Love on the Spectrum. Great show. You should watch it if you have not. Uh, just a feel good, like you haven't watched it. We told you about it.
0: yeah, she told you about it. Um, oh, no,
2: I've written it every week. Oh, you'd love it. But there's one girl on there, I think it's Abby. And she's on like, oh no, not Abby. It's another girl. I can't remember her name, but she it was on Tinder and she cannot get over that every man on Tinder, she's like, they've either got a dead fish or a dead deer. It's like mm-hmm. they've got a dead animal on it. And she, so then they go on, <laughs> she does like a speed dating thing and every guy that sits down, she's like, or oh my gosh, she so says, she's like, Are, have you ever been hunting? And he's like, No. <laughs> Have you? She's like, no.
0: That she's like, just like needs to make sure. Yeah. <laughs> make well, sure. Also, though, with deer hunting, like in the DMV, it's the overpopulation, so it's mm-hmm. actually people yeah, because then it, the ecosystem goes all out of whack and stuff. So it's kind of like we need. Does lots it of go out here? of whack, or does it go out of whack for the humans? Well, it goes out of whack for the humans, and then it gets dangerous. I mean, that's why we bought this house.
1: When we saw it, it was in the evening, and there was a deer at the fence in the back. Well, not. I mean, that was my reason. I want this house because it's deer friendly. And then I found out the whole neighborhood is anti-deer. Except, well, yeah,
0: but they they can it can be dangerous, it
1: can be. Because... and they, the deer ticks are a problem. So that's why we have the yard sprayed for the dogs so that they don't get deer ticks when they come those were my negatives at this time
0: Ah, I have I had the ones that I chimed in on and then I have when Stosh punched the woman in the face and she was the one that got assaulted yes -hmm. Um, they disrespected the fuck out of that 1959 caddy
1: yes they did yeah, yes, they put they all did. that
0: doodah on it. They were all up on the hood and its stuff, and then they tied the deer to it. I was just and, in and disrespect. It, like when the there was the truck, and
1: then the and then the caddy mm-hmm. on those mountain roads where they were gonna ride right up against the granite of the mountain they were driving around.
0: Yeah, just I looked at this and I was like, what? I've been I've been through Western Pennsylvania traveling to Ohio. so I have seen those mountains. Mm-hmm. I've been to Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, so I've seen those mountains. where the fuck were the mountains Mike was in? I was Washington <laughs> yeah, State. Right? exactly because I looked at them and I was like, oh okay, that totally it is was Washington State. because because you know that because on the east coast the Appalachian mountains that east coast whole range it's rounded cuz it's older those are More all webby. jagged yeah yep. and i'm like those are new don't them some newer mountains Ooh, that's, that's what I, I used that. to teach in second grade mm-hmm. i was like them I never, some- never got taught that in second mm-hmm. grade you didn't
1: have me for second grade i'm sorry sure i didn't. also told the truth about columbus but that was before you know people could Call a hotline
2: on me. I don't. Did you see this story that was going viral this week about this girl? And she was like, um, she met her, she was getting married, but her mom had died. And she was like, I was getting sad that my fiance would never meet, or my mom would never get to meet my husband or whatever. (laughs) And then, sorry. Um, And then when they were like, Moving or something, she was going. She found a picture of his, like, his first grade, um, no class way. picture, and her mom was his first grade teacher. Oh, that's goosebumps. I know. Oh, wow, so she had met him, she did meet him.
3: I know. Oh, I hope
2: it was a really good relationship because sometimes <laughs> he's like, I hated that woman. Yes, <laughs> I mean, I could not tell you who my first grade teacher was, I don't remember. I mean, oh, I'm sure. I'm sure crap, everyone remembers you, but they
1: have to because I stalk them. I went to a, a <laughs> college graduation party yesterday. <laughs> yeah. Yeah,
3: she's I like
0: uh, she she predated the internet the all the surveys and stuff are based on my mom and her how was your satisfaction <laughs> was your how was your please rate? Right, would you like to take a survey on my <laughs> this is the first day of our class? would you at the end of the year would you pr- please take a survey on how you liked us and she'll just show back up and be like hey, I'm your first grade teacher remember me that's right. That's hilarious. You know what? She's the reason why I could probably sit here and list all of my elementary school teachers by name. Like, just still remember. Oh. When did they get captured? The, you know, well, they, they had no idea. Yeah. Well, we were just there. It was yeah. just war. I guess it was, just, he had the flamethrower. I'm pretty much like, who's capturing you when you got a flamethrower? <laughs> And then he ends up captured. I guess it's just war and that's how it's you is. saw all of the other people coming at them. And yeah. we saw all of the wedding. We saw every ritual yes. of the wedding. Yes. And yet when it comes to how these men get captured, it's just a quick cut. And they're oh. captured. Um okay. This is this is just this is, we're on Aaron's corner right here. I know that what they went through the whole Russian roulette scene in the prisoner camp how it's just far, harrowing steven's in the swamp thing with the rats and the dead bodies they're pretty much facing death like it's going to you know going to die and all that kind of stuff and yet the most harrowing thing to me about that whole vietnam sequence was them being Six. barefoot on that bridge the splinters! The splinters! <laughs> oh, just just freaked me out so much.
1: The, um, the rats were not a happy place for me. I, I did was, wonder where their shoes went.
2: Why didn't they have shoes on?
1: They, they took the, them away.
2: Yeah, it's the oh, war. That's
1: the okay. so it would be much easier to escape with shoes because there were bamboo shoots and all kinds of stuff that you. Yeah! Those on ground. I learned that from
0: Animal Crossing. Um, so there's two kinds of people in the world. <laughs> I'm the opposite of Nick because Nick heard the gunshots in Saigon and walked toward them.
3: He yeah. had just oh, no. been in a we're war going the other, we're
0: running and he's walking towards gunshots in Saigon. We're running.
2: Yeah. Yeah, um, exactly.
0: I don't. Also, know. there was
2: a thing last night of, um, And at Barclays, did you hear about that? There was a loud noise. Something happened. There was loud noises at Barclays. I guess there was a rest or a boxing thing there.
3: Oh. And
2: everyone thought it was gunshots. And like something like 10, I saw varying reports, 10 to 16 people were injured in stampedes because people were trying to run to Mm. find cover. Mm
3: -hmm.
2: But it was just a loud noise.
1: Yeah. And when that happens, just leave me. I'm on the floor. Don't come back to try to get me up. Save yourselves, because
2: it makes, makes me mad because these news um, outlets are trying to get people to click on it by saying like active shooter scared. Yeah, and I'm like there was literally no active shooter. It was a loud noise. Right, right. But,
0: but that feeds into it. So now we all have. I I don't want to to minimize the trauma of no so like being over in not. war and stuff but, but all of us that. yeah we all have a ptsd regarding these shootings and all of that so like mm-hmm. when in this movie when you know when mike was going to visit steven and he dropped the the clank and it was a loud noise we're all like it was just mike who jumped now 2022 we're all jumping exactly yeah um i have Mike. okay so, with my dad, when we would watch films, a really egregious uniform. If I could spot a uniform that was messed up, like, then you knew, like, that shit was fucked up. But then my dad could always point out, that's wrong, that's wrong, that's wrong. Because he knew all the military specifics. When Mike comes home and he's in uniform with long hair and a beard, I was like, that's fucking wrong. Mm-hmm. I knew that. And then I was doing the research, and like, sure enough, it's like he would not have been in uniform and sent back with facial hair and long hair. He would have had a haircut and a shave because that's the military's get down. So I was like, because
1: the ah. haircut, the haircut is, you keep it short because of lice, and so when in the 70s when guys were growing their hair out, it was see, I'm not military, I'm not part of the military. And so my hair is long and my father had a huge issue with guys with long hair because that meant they weren't willing to serve in the military.
2: I oh, mean, that was a I huge, never knew that. Uh,
1: I was a mm-hmm. huge thing.
2: Yeah. But
0: yeah, my father could have long hair. I thought hair. my dad
2: just had issues with guys with long hair that I dated.
0: Oh, it, it's because of that. It's
2: deeper than that. Yeah,
0: yeah so it was with know, my
2: dad. The yeah.
0: authoritarian, like the, like how oh, pleased you know, he is now. Well, and also my brother, his his long hair will cover his ears. Exactly. My my dad pick it up. Yeah, like my dad, he could could throw out his hair, and then he could pat. So it's like pat it
1: back down. Yeah, it's
0: not covering my ears. Ha (laughs) ha. You know, it's true. Um, in 2022, when Axel gets stuck in the bowling alley, 2022 Axel is suing the bowling alley. Remember? He runs and he's drunk. Yes, yes And yes, he yes, runs yes, yes, and he gets stuck. And I was like, are we about to have a death by bowling alley? By bowling alley, yes. I thought it's going to come and clang on his head. And my final negative reheatable is, so Steven is, you know, he's at his place in his rehab, and he really likes it there. He plays basketball, all of these things. Like, he doesn't want to go back home. And no, you know, kind of understand why. Also, I'm going to shoehorn this into my negative reheatables. Did you guys know that Stephen's wife, Angela, was pregnant by another man? Yeah. Oh, I missed that part until yeah, I was reading about what? it.
3: What? See? Yeah. She didn't what? Know.
0: No way. Mm-hmm. At the end
1: of the wedding, at the end of the reception, they're getting in the Cadillac, yeah, Stephen is saying to I think Nick, we never did it, we never did it, and everybody knows she's pregnant.
0: I missed that she was pregnant. I saw that scene with yeah, Jim. even if she was pregnant. She, I, I mean, yeah, I she was pregnant. Pooch. Yeah, she had
1: a little pooch. She
0: oh, was so fat. Yeah. yeah,
1: I mean, get out of here. Wait, so
2: okay.
0: I I missed it. So then though. I don't. <clears throat> okay, this is gonna sound a bit. Wait, who is she
2: pregnant by? We
1: never we know. know.
0: Exactly, you never know. But then, that, isn't that weird though? Then that scene when Mike goes to visit her and she's in this catatonic that state over her. That was really weird. I still. That was really weird. Anyway, I I did too. I gave I gave her because I didn't realize. I thought that Steve. But especially if she was
2: already cheating on him, like she's.
0: That's what I'm saying. <clears throat> Like I know you don't have funny. the right. You
2: have no right.
0: I thought I was the only one. I was and I was no, being empathetic. A I, her now. <laughs> I was being empathetic and like giving her the the benefit of the doubt like this is how she's mm-hmm. dealing with the trauma. She's catatonic. That
1: did happen though.
0: And I and I and so I understood that I'm but then sure it I did. was like, yeah, Wait a second. I felt bad for her. That's now. not the fu- and I guess it's tough because then it's like, oh, am I slut shaming her? I don't want to be. But I just kind of felt like you knew what you were doing to him. It's kind of like, hey, I, I'm, pro- I'm I'm being an old lady, an old lady, problematic lady here. Because I'm like, hey, you got a kid to raise tough enough. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but she got um, Steve, right? It was Steve. Yeah.
1: He knew it wasn't his and he mm-hmm. still was was going to marry her.
0: Yeah, so Steve is Steve is that guy.
1: Cuz you know? in this steel town, you you got to marry somebody. That's your only way out. I mean, that was, you know, like um But some
0: people didn't want to be out because it was that was their life and they were happy with yes, it.
1: Yes. Yes, yes. So I mean, but that was their them to be le- a legitimate person. Like, if she didn't marry Steve that day, because they were deploying soon after that, um, she would have been a a pregnant, unmarried woman. And in this steel town, Mm, that would have been
0: quite classic. Oh, and it's 1906. It's it's before Roe versus Wade. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So she was going to have to have that child. Luckily, yes. it, it wasn't a situation of the bicycle thief where they're like, oh, that kid's Italian.
1: Hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, you don't know.
0: No, because we saw the kid. Oh, and he, OK. He had okay. little reddish blonde yeah. curls. So if it was, then. So that
1: would leave out Mike, because I always wondered, was Mike involved? I didn't think so.
0: No, because Mike Nick had self-control. Involved? Nick could have. It could it, have been, but they seemed it seemed like he would have been out there shooting up clubs, yeah. And it was, uh, it would have been one of those dudes, you well, know? No, It's not, we only saw a handful of people in the town, there are other,
1: it also could have been that. her own father, her oh, own uncle, brother. her own brother. Father. No, I wonder if
0: that was it.
1: It could have been, Maybe. you don't know. You and would've... that's what these women are, are left
0: with. What choices, yes. Okay, my final negative reheatable. So we're going back to that, but it gets to Steve, his drawer. He just leaves all that money in a drawer yes! without a lock. Yes, the money. And he didn't send any back
1: home to. Did he send money back home to her? He had a drawer full no, of money. Now I
3: don't
0: feel bad about that. I he don't. Had, yeah. So, yeah, I not know. His, not his kid. So there's that. But at the same time, it's like Steve, like you know, I, you can't trust everybody here exactly. that, you know, like there's people coming in and out and stuff. It, it would just make me feel uncomfortable. And then when Mike comes in and Mike forces it, like you have to go home and, and Steve's like, please don't take me home. Yeah. Like I want, I want to, like, this is a place where I belong. I can yeah. play basketball. I can do sports because again, this is in the this is—I mean—the Americans with Disabilities Act passed in like '95, so exactly. How is you saw him at the funeral? There was no ramp that he had to be exactly. picked up and put down and stuff, and he has no legs. And it's not like we were accommodating or such an ableist no. society. Yeah. So those were my negative reheatables. So many. So we're the positive
1: reheatables, and as I look at my notes, I didn't write a single positive. What? There, it's not that there aren't positives. I mean, the fact that uh, spoiler alert, Mike survives is great. But I mean, I don't know that Mike and Linda get together. I feel like he went back to get well, Nick for but her. My, did you like the movie? Yeah, I did like the movie. I. I, I didn't like 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 the movie. I liked the fact that um, people need to see what, what these guys went through, even if it wasn't this exact movie, The Horrors of War. I think did people you, who don't go s- to war should see what The Horrors of War are, but what?
0: Did you see this movie when it came out? Yeah. Like, had you seen it before?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: In and 79. Do you remember... Like what you thought of it then versus seeing it again? Did anything change or stick out? It was still harrowing to me. Because these are this is your generation. Like these are your compatriots. So I have survivor guilt. Like I never,
1: it was never a question of would I ever have to go and and do this? Because women didn't serve in the military. And I mean, I was mighty happy about that, but it's like, but my friends, my, you know, my classmates um, had to, this was daily life. What was your number? How close were you? What were the, what was the draft on? What are you going to, are you going to move to Canada? Are you going to abandon your whole life? Or it was, it was a heavy, like, like a weighted blanket you wore every day. Mm -hmm. And I didn't even have the the worry of having to go to combat. It was just such a heavy thing all the time.
0: Which I wonder then how that's interesting. And then comparing it now, because there's so much that we, you know, like kids and stuff in school and how it's so heavy now, of mm-hmm. how, you know, they have things that I didn't go through. I didn't go through lockdown. So it's a different heavy. Yeah. It's yeah. Different. But it's still it's still trauma and it's still heavy mm-hmm. and it's still something that weighs on you like the survivor's guilt of that. Exactly. And, and why did he go in that
1: classroom and not come into my classroom? Does, yeah. 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 Teachers go through that every day. And, and there was a great um, cartoon of kids under their desks. because we used to do those drills. Under our oh, desk the, Yeah, the for,
0: nu- for the nuclear
1: war. For the nuclear war. Yeah, like that was going to shield us. But kids with their masks on under their desk going, you, you know, my mom's worried that this mask is going to affect my social being. Yeah. And, and they're hiding from an active shooter.
0: It, it, is, it, it is. It is wild to me. I'm reading this book, The 90s, by Chuck Klosterman, and it's just crazy because I remember being a freshman in in college, and that's when Columbine happened. And But I specifically remember you telling me if I ever saw a gun at school to just walk out and deal with the consequences later. And that was before... I mean, there had been a couple of... Sh- like, somebody would bring in a gun and shoot somebody, right, so right. it had happened. It, it wasn't like the mass shooting that, right. that, that, that... The fault, like, once I graduated, and I just was like, oh... I didn't have to go through that mm-hmm. and now in the in the 20 plus years of like being out just how much that that has just changed it's I mean math has There's changed a- and this has changed it, it's wild yeah there was a can't an interview with
2: a mom and I can't remember I think she was a mom in
1: Sandy her, Hook uh, and her there. kid was
2: on, in Sandy Hook yeah have you seen that where she was she dropped her kid off and then heard gunshots and she was like, My first instinct was to run. So she ran and hid, and then she realized her kid was inside the building. But she was like, I had to think, and I was like, I have two other kids at home. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
3: But you that's have to prioritize. and that's
0: that's war. That's exactly what mm-hmm. Mike did in this film. Exactly. That, because I was reading a whole thing about um this guy, I wrote it down in case somebody wanted to look it up. It was Deer, the Deer Hunter, A Lesson in the Basics of Risk and Probability Assessment. And it goes into the whole thing about... And it's mathematical, so my eyes glazed over. And I was like, I don't understand this. But it was about... A lesson of what? I'm sorry. It was a, a lesson in the basics of risk and probability assessment. And so the paper... It was like an eight-page paper, and it went through what Mike was calculating mathematically Uh. in that scene where he says to put the three bullets in and how like what the probability was and how he was assessing it. And it kind of explains it. It's not super heavy into math, but it does kind of explain the mathematical side of, of why he said put the three bullets in and the different variables and the different mathematics that goes into it. Because Russian roulette with one in and you spin it, it's a one in six probability. Right, right. But the first person who goes, then it's like mathematical after that because right. once you know where it goes, then the, the mathematics and stuff changes. Because I was more interested in Nick surviving
3: all that, from time. that
0: time. Yeah, until when Mike shows up with him.
1: Cause he didn't give a fuck. And that's why he was it was But that
0: it, does, yeah, I mean, but then we get, we're we getting into, it's a story. And so it, yeah. we're not getting into the actual probability of it, which statistically speaking, it could, like there's a line of probability where that whole thing tracks, but it's just an interesting math thing. And I'm not a math person enough to really be into that, but there's so many people who are like, I mean, cause that's algorithms and that's what right. the internet is and all this stuff.
1: I was at this uh, graduation party yesterday of this um, person I had in first grade and I've stalked her ever since cuz she's a really amazing girl. Anyway, somebody was there talking about the shooting of course at uh, Rob Elementary and and this person is not a classroom teacher and said to me, "Would you would you shield your kids with your body?" Wouldn't your inclination be to save yourself? And I said, no, no. not when no. you're a classroom teacher. Yeah, oh, that's a, that's just a no. Yeah, you're gonna you're gonna throw yourself on this. And luckily, I could cover a lot of a lot of real estate. A lot.
0: Although <laughs> yeah. although ma, that's giving you like the uh, the Secret Service like agility of the cover. You would probably trip and be falling for 15 minutes. And then maybe because you got your arms <laughs> flailing. Because you're moving so sl- Yeah, so slowly. <laughs> I got everything. just captured everything. There, and they're like looking at your body like, how did she do this? This woman <laughs> caught all these bullets. How?
1: And what you would she- say she knew exactly what she was doing. It was I'll on purpose.
0: I'd be like, she fell. <laughs> She was a hero <laughs> on took, purpose. She took 15 minutes to fall. <laughs> but, yeah. but what we're going to say, this is, how we're, well, this is what happened, and this is how we're going to spin it. <laughs> hero. A oh, total hero.
2: <laughs> and we're just like, she was a klutz.
0: Oh, all right, all right. So you don't um, have
2: any? My positives. Yes. I also didn't write any down, but I did after the fact. Young Meryl Streep.
3: Yeah. Me Christopher
2: Walken and Robert De Niro. Yeah. Christopher Walken, I like did not recognize him at all until he spoke. Yeah. He did I did not think- look
0: like he looked so different. I yeah. thought he looked like a a Jolie Pitt kid. I kept oh, thinking that confusing is way too him.
1: Generous. No, that's way too generous.
0: I kept getting confused with uh, John Boyt and I was yeah, I thought he was really like more good looking than I mean I never thought he was like an ugly man, but he yeah. definitely had a look but in this I was like, "Oh, John boy. He he kind of looked like somebody I dated in college. Oh my god.
1: And so that definitely put a negative spin on on That oh. whole situation for me, but I'm glad you found him. But no, don't give him Jolie Pitt. No, okay,
0: no, for the um, kids, if you look at the kids,
1: I'm saying, I'm oh, saying yeah, kids and, and the fashion. Gorgeous.
0: <laughs> so,
2: the fact that it was in three movements mm-hmm. because I, I timed this perfectly and I watched it. I, I, okay, you know, if you don't know this about me now, listeners, I hate long movies. Yes, I does. hate long movies. I hate anything over two hours. So I knew this was going to be oh, a marathon wow. and not a sprint. So I planned it and I watched one hour on Thursday, one hour on Friday, and one hour on Saturday. Bravo. And it was perfect because it was like watching a mini series.
1: Yeah. Thursday
2: right. I saw the wedding and I thought that the wedding was the perfect amount of time because after that I was invested and I cared about the characters Excellent. and like, it was what I needed to be invested in all these people.
1: Okay, good.
0: good. Chimino is sitting there teeny going, I told you because that was a big yeah! Yeah. point of contention. It was how long, because originally it was supposed to be a 20 minute scene. And in the film, Mm-mm. it's 51 minutes. Yeah. And people, Remember that the woman who did uh, her name is I'm missing it, but she was the editor and she um, did Jaws and, and she went it? on no. no, and she went on to be um, the head of production at Universal Studios. Okay, and she was an editor and she was in you know in charge of production and they brought her in because they're like yo somebody needs to talk to this Chimino man this thing is this wedding sequence is an hour long. And so everybody was trying to get him to cut it and he wouldn't budge and he wouldn't budge and okay. he wouldn't budge. And I, I went team. Good for him. I agree oh, with God. that. And the second act
2: was when they were at war. Exactly. And the third act was at home. Yeah. Um, yep. And then I, for me, the movie was a positive. It sounds like there's, differing opinions here but it's gone into my I wrote it down into my as a candidate of my favorite movie of the year. Mm-hmm. Nice. Um and I read Roger Ebert's I'm sure you did as well but there's a quote from his review that said it is. It's not an anti-war film. It is not a pro-war film. Right. It is one of the most emotionally shattering films ever made. Exactly. And I just love being shattered emotionally. Right. Um, so because I feel like for me,
1: those of us who who don't go to war need to be shattered by war. I mean, you yeah. need to understand. Yeah. I mean,
2: I love being shattered emotionally, and all. Yeah. Things. <laughs> that's why you. That's why you married in Darf. <laughs> That's why I like true crime and this kind of war thing. Yeah. I mean you I look- like yeah, it's like it's not just like a shoot 'em up like hey or here. Because there yeah. are definitely war movies that are like, we're just at war, shooting right. people. Raw. Like you get you I felt like you really felt like, oh shit, like these people like Meryl I felt like I was I was Meryl Street. Yeah. I am Meryl Street. Um and then Should this be my MVP? Should I save it? Mm. Okay, maybe I'm going to change this to my MVP. So I'm going to... I got a new MVP. Moving on to the next person. Okay.
0: I have the wide shots. That Apparently, that's Chimino's trademark. And online, there's these montages of his beautiful wide shots.
1: Yeah, that's true.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, You're just so absorbed into the
0: whole story and the characters. Yeah, okay. What are this bar's hours? Like, did the bar record the game and then play it back? Was that technology that was available in 1978? Was it just because they had the friend and he... I. Had no because it seemed like they were doing the the third shift right the overnight shift at the yeah. steel mill, uh. But I guess he you know was friends and he was part of the crew so he would just yeah. Because we up. didn't even have VHS in seventy eight. I mean yeah that's didn't. why when they had the they were talking about like the Steelers Were they maybe playing the Eagles there was a football game and they were referencing it because they were gonna bet on it, and I thought that they got off in the morning so I I just kind of didn't understand. Maybe it yeah. was midday and it was... I mean, at that... It's the fall. At that part of the country, I think <laughs> pretty much just gray. Yeah. 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 That's uh, why I have the sunshine of California. Because I was like, I can't do just gray for these months. Um. Is... Okay. This is the... Is there more, is there something that is more fun for the pranker and more annoying for the pranky than the old pull the car up and then as the person's (laughs) getting in, driving away? (laughs) I
1: I remember one time doing it to your father. It was hysterical because I was driving.
0: Yeah, and then he would do it to you. Anytime either one of you did it to each other, I loved it. And the other one would be so angry. And I understood the anger of it, but I also understood how good it felt. It just just The look on your face would just be like, it never motherfuckers. Gets old. It never gets old. So I do love that. The fact that because remember, we were talking about how what happened to his shoes and stuff, and Mm -hmm. it's like, ah, so wartime. Nick still maintained his wallet though. They did, though. Yeah,
1: they did. They're, They're, yeah, he kept
0: it on it. Maybe he kept it in his boxers. But like his, wa- like I understood like their wallet through wartime. But spe- like this guy was a prisoner of war. <laughs> I feel like they would have taken that from him. Yeah,
1: probably. I, yeah. I understand yeah. like
0: keeping your dog tags and whatnot. But like you still yeah. had a wallet with a picture.
1: Yeah, that, um,
0: of, of a young Meryl Streep in it. I
1: wonder if Poppy had a picture of me in his wallet.
0: Poppy would probably, probably be like, not. "No, that you'll get me killed." <laughs>
1: Well, there's that.
0: I mean. <laughs> well, there's that. I'm That's a black true. man. I have a picture of this blonde white woman in my wallet. <laughs> what? are you doing to me? Come on. Do you, Do you even love me? Um. Okay. This is probably for most people a negative, but this is this is on me, and this is a negative on me. But I can't help it. This is who I am. The slaps. I know that it's horrible, but the the slaps give me every time. They're good though. Because it's like of all the things to do in this situation, you're just open-handed slapping people. I the, the it's really it's really just an interesting choice. I'm just baffled by the choice of the open. Palm slap. I don't know. I'm always a, my instinct is always to clinch the fist and and go from there. like first instinct is fist clinched and then we go. So I am not a slapper. like whenever I see someone gets unfortunately you know You've seen when a, lot of, a lot slap, of
1: slapping lately
0: yeah I chuckled because I'm just like what a choice. I don't understand the choice. It's
1: true. Yeah.
0: It's just not a it's just not a, a choice that I have. Um man, okay, Nick. Nick. But it's my positive because what a run this guy had.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: And if I was I had to go back and rewind because I spent a good 20 minutes when Mike goes back looking for him, being like, okay, now. Is it like Nick's just overall lucky and he was just caught up in his egoic thing of trauma that he just was using his luck in this, or is his luck merely in this specific instance? Like he's just super lucky at Russian roulette. I, had, I missed a lot of the film, had to go back and rewind because I was thinking about his luck. And if it was, did he, because to me, I haven't been through the trauma that this guy's been through. But my once I got out of the prison thing and I survived, I'm like, I'm the luckiest motherfucker there is. I need to get back stateside. Like, you know, I'm not going back in. And that's why it was so confusing when he, yeah. he went toward the shots. Then he gets there. He sees it. He steals the money, runs out. Nick. Uh, Mike happens to be there, sees him. Yeah. So he's like, oh well, and then goes back, and then he's like, oh, he's still alive. I gotta go back. He's at the place, so he's just still there because of course, you know, he got hooked. Like, then you understand because he got hooked up on drugs, but we don't see the part where he last time we saw him, he was a criminal even with all the money. Yeah. Persona non grata. Now he ends up, you know, hooked on. I wonder if he got hooked on smack. Outside, and then that's how he had to to um, make his like support his habit. Going back to that,
1: yeah, possibly. I feel like he was just stripped of all humanity, and it just didn't matter anymore. And when it doesn't matter anymore, then you know it's a six in it's a one in five shot, right? Twenty six. Every- Don't they spin that thing every time?
0: Yeah, it's one in six. So you have a Mm. one in six chance. Um, Yeah, it was just interesting. And I guess that goes to where you are. And now that I think of it in real time, there was something that I was listening to like with Eckhart Tolle and it's like your consciousness and where you are in your journey. And if you're above a certain line, you'll either fall below and and like get sucked down into it like what happened with Nick or you'll like bounce above and kind of be more where Mike is in this movie we don't know what happens to him after this movie but like in the movie you know um and Mike I think that was what Mike was trying to say When he was doing the whole, like, one shot, like, you have to be prepared for one shot. Like, you have to prepare your mind. You have to be prepared that if you're in this position of, like, what's going to happen and all of that. And Nick was all, like, you know, like, not really buying it. And so then when that happened, he wasn't able to deal with it. And he got sucked under into, Mm -hmm. like, the egoic pull of that Mm -hmm. where he didn't, he was, he was pulled down and he wasn't able to look around and see like, I'm a lucky motherfucker. Like, right. I, I, I just survived this scenario where we definitely should have been dead. Um, but now I have nothing and none, none of it matters. So let me just go play this game of chance and stuff, mm. which is very, eh, it's, it's just sad. And but- really
1: waiting for, waiting for the bullet to be in the chamber because that's yeah. all I want. I really want this to end.
0: Yeah. It, that, those are my positive... Oh, wait, no, I'm sorry. I oh. have Mike tossing the handgun. I like that. I mean, it was horrible that he took a one in six chance with Stosh there <laughs> to, to prove a point. That yeah. Is- like you're wow, but he I think he like realized that he was whiling and like threw the handgun, mm. um, which made me respect his hunting culture because he is using a single shot rifle and he is like about the one shot exactly. Um, and then I thought that the end when they're all singing God Bless America that that really, that depends on your personal own perspective of America yeah I thought that was like pretty cringe that was yeah for
2: me I was like that's pretty I feel it's, like that's a brain that's a very though. as someone who grew up in the church it was a little bit brainwashed it depends on how exactly you it. like yes god like it's weird because like when you hear that it's like that is like that and your tears start coming it's like weird but it's also like oh this is like everybody's been brainwashed to be like god bless america that's so strange i but remember it, also,
0: it was think of who it was that started it it was the guy who didn't who was the bar owner who broke down when he was making the scrambled eggs and he didn't go over to serve uh-uh. and he didn't know what to do And so he just started singing God Bless America. Like, Mike was not the one.
3: He Mm -mm. was just like, I don't know what the hell he doing. Started singing God
0: (laughs) Bless America. Like, it was him because he didn't know what else to do. Right. I
1: remember after 9-11, God Bless America became, like, controversial for the first time that I remember.
0: Oh, I thought you were going to talk about the Lee Greenwood Remember, no, like, we no, couldn't stand no. that song. Yeah. Proud no. to be an American. Right, right. Oh, my God. Our family. <laughs> well, because remember, we, because we were in overseas in Europe when yep. the first Gulf War happened and yep. that song was ubiquitous. Proud to be an American. And it was, And oh, man. We were just like cringeworthy. And I like in 9 11, one of the things I'm like, I remember coming up the stairs and being like, now we're going to have to listen to this goddamn song all the mm. time proud to be an american what the hell yeah that's that's just a controversial bush family take it's although true. it's rooted in the racism of america slavery and yeah. money there it, you go if you would live up to your promise i'd be all about god yeah. bless america and
1: that's exactly you know like what people started saying you know uh the world was on our side for half a minute but yeah, God bless America. How about God bless Ethiopia? How about you know, God bless Rob Elementary School. It, it, uh, yeah, it became very controversial, I remember.
0: But it, not a, but yet the Star Spangled Banner, which if, if I have my druthers, I'd rather sing God bless America than the Star Spangled Banner, but it, it's just it, it's just interesting because I would, I took off my hat like, cause I had my initial reaction when they're singing God bless America. And then I took off my hat and put on like what an opposite version would probably think in God bless America. And like, if that's, you're coming from it, then you would think that it's beautiful and uplifting, you know, like just seeing the two sides and I'm like, Oh, it definitely depends on what color rose glasses that you're looking at America and or which and, hat
1: you have on when you're listening to the song.
0: It it's really about the glasses because that goes into what they want people to teach in mm-hmm. school. Cuz they want to keep those rose-colored glasses and be like everything's peachy king. and and the end of this movie is God bless America because that's what all the sac- that's what they all went through mm-hmm. for was specifically for this and not the like man, did they even like What's the kid burst out like what was this like what are we doing here
1: exactly
0: because they didn't get any of the money
1: I'm just gonna you know throw a little bit of fuel on the fire because uh, Dr. King was killed after he started saying I don't know that I'm supporting this war anymore and uh the Kennedy brothers were like You know, maybe we don't need to be involved in Vietnam anymore. And And, what happened to the three of them?
0: And Muhammad Ali said no Viet Cong ever called me the Mm N-word. And they at his peak in his prime, they stripped him of Mm -hmm. everything, made him go to prison and all this Mm -hmm. stuff. So Yep. And
1: I remember my father being uh, pro with that.
0: Yeah. Well, because you're because he was in, in World War Two. Mm-hmm. And that like he fought. Like every, like you know, you're not gonna tell him because like that I mean, you're fighting Nazis. Is, is there anything more but then it's like did your father know about Operation Paperclip and how After the war, there's like, oh, Nazis right this way. You you know, know, right this way.
1: (laughs) Because I remember in the 60s, like costume jewelry, there was um, the surfer cross, like, you know, surfer dudes. Oh, you see it
0: out. Yeah, you see it out here a lot. Yeah, exactly. Motorcycle bikers. And my father's
1: like, no, (laughs) that was a Nazi cross. Absolutely not
0: yeah you see it a lot teeny the with the it goes up like that
1: yeah it goes out i'm googling now yeah, yeah. um yeah he was like no that cannot be selling in stores in in uh, us Ohio. no mm-hmm. yeah
2: mm-hmm. oh yeah that's the on yeah yeah. Um, Look like at skate. Yeah. Oh, yeah.
0: It's a, yeah. It's a big skate. Like you see it all the time out here, like skate, surf culture. Yeah. <sighs>
1: wow. How far we have not come. Uh, so, we are to quotables.
2: This is a hard quotables. I,
1: I know. I did a couple. I did, uh, su- remember at the very beginning, the sun dog? It, it had the sun with the. Yeah. We're, and and uh, Mike says it means a blessing on the hunter sent by the great wolf to his children, saying we bless you on the hunting. This is going to be a good hunting okay. thing for I'm you.
2: Glad. Okay.
1: Yeah, it didn't work out too well when we went to Vietnam. Uh, no such thing as a sure thing. Mm-hmm. And I like to starve myself; it keeps the fear up. That's how Mike uh, survived.
0: Mike is a survivor.
1: Mike is a survivor. I'm going to feed myself and die.
2: <laughs> I had... Um, this was, like, after Mikey came back and... Because who was Meryl Streep with? What was her name? What was her character's she name? She was Linda. Linda. Linda and Linda, Nick, and Linda Nick. was with Nick. Okay. Mm-hmm. And like she, you know, Nick was presumed dead. Mikey comes back. It's like I guess we'll get together. Whatever.
1: Because Nick had not He's written hesitant. to her, sent any yeah. communication to kind her. Of a her
2: dick, I guess.
0: Well, no, uh, because because Nick and and uh, Linda get engaged at Stephen and Angela's wedding. Yeah. Yeah, but he Another doesn't game. communicate
1: yeah. with her at all no. from Vietnam.
0: No, why would he? He's got one goal. He's got one shot. He's, he's eye on the prize, and that's, that's his. Well, he had a lot. Of, he had a
2: lot of literal shots. Um.
0: <laughs> and
2: no, I'm not laughing at that. They get in the car, and like Mikey picks Linda up from work, and she just said, "Did you ever think life would turn out like this?" And yeah. He said no, and yeah. I feel like. Usually, that's used in like, you know, great things are happening, and they're like, God damn it. Did you ever think this would happen?
1: No, reality.
2: It's a bitch. That's my only one.
0: I have, you ever piss and take a drink of beer at the same time? Oh, Oh, yeah.
2: Because I never have. Beautiful. I can
0: say I never try it. I'm
2: going to try it tonight.
0: Oh, uh, yeah. But, I mean, it's it's easier for guys. Like, girl, I bet you Adam has. Sit down. I'm sure Yeah. Oh, I'm sure. Um, Mike saying, this is this. And they're like, Mike, you're talking about things. You don't understand what you're talking about. What, what, Mike, what do you mean? And he's like, this is this. And it was when he was talking about, he was so mad about Stosh not bringing his boots. He's like, you're unprepared. Yeah. You No, you can't have my boots you need to learn how to exactly and and it was a good point that was, sometimes you got to lay the law down that was lieutenant colonel bush right there that, that was, was like yeah this is this you'll have your boots no you need to be prepared yep and and this what mike says, you have to think about one shot one shot is what it's all about the deer has to be taken with one shot mm-hmm. Which I I like and I respect because it's it's, you need to be in a position where everything like this is your focus. And it's it's actual like to in order for it to be one shot, a clear shot, you have to be completely present. Completely present in the present moment so that everything lines up and you can kill the deer in one humane shot.
1: And it's an equal situation. Not really, because I mean, a gun against a, a living thing is, but it's as equal as you can get in, um, in nature, an AK-57 against any thing that you're trying to shoot. That is not and equal.
0: Like, no, but this is, this is one shot because it's a, it's, you're trekking it. You're being, and then you get to the point and you pull the trigger and it goes through and it kills, and it's a clean kill. Right. And it's 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 a tip of the hat. It's like game recognizes game, because that one shot shows that you respect the animal so much that mm-hmm. you're not, you're just not firing off all of these, pew, 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 you know. And going, it, and and it's a it's a time thing, you know. It's a it's you're respecting. That's why I think the movie is called The Deer Hunter because it's uh-huh. the it's the respect of the deer hunt. And that I respect those people like in gun culture, that part of gun culture. Where it's the, about the one shot, and it's about the trekking and it's about respecting your prey, and it's about you're gonna shoot this, and you're gonna kill yeah. this animal, and you're and and you believe like your life, like you rep you respect the life that you have taken, and you're, you're equals. To, yeah, exactly. It's it, not like a oh look at me, I'm I'm this awesome man. It's this I, you, this is sustenance. I needed to do this. You understand because it's the whole circle of life thing and you've transitioned on to a different plane and I am here. Respect, respect, respect. Because if you
1: kill it in its heart or its brain then the the debris of the bullet isn't going to affect the part that you're going to eat. Yeah, the meat. Right. You don't want to shoot it in the stomach or other places where you're going to have buckshot In yeah, it's a total respect situation.
2: And it, it goes back to like the native American,
3: mm-hmm.
2: like as Cherokee Indians, like you, after they would kill an animal would ask gods for forgiveness for taking the animal's life. And exactly. like, they were literally using every part of it,
1: every single part because nothing went to waste because that was a I living mean, being. Yeah.
0: yeah, you weren't killing it because you were the you could kill it. You were killing it because you had to kill Unlike it. Unlike all it. these guys on Tinder that are just killing it. Right. The, Donald yeah. Jump,
1: Trump Jr.
0: Come on. Donald Trump. Jump. Mother, you, know, you, you know that we refer to him as that motherfucker on this podcast. I'm sorry. Yeah,
1: yeah because they, they actually let or them drug the Trump.
0: Donald, Donald Trump. <laughs>
2: Donald Jump. I'll
0: talk about that one. Bad motherfucker or Donald Jump. Acceptable. JJ, Donald Jump.
1: Okay, we're to LVPs, and I have so many runners up. (laughs) There's so many. Oh, so many. (laughs) Okay, my first one, not taking care of our returned veterans. I mean, the way we treat, it's gotten better because of how embarrassed we need to be by how we treated the Vietnam veterans who returned. But it's still not, it's still horrible. It's still horrible. It's still horrible how we treat the people who are in the military. The enlisted housing is deplorable.
0: And it's gotten so much worse. I mean, it was bad when, when, you know, like I was a little kid and stuff and it's, now it's gotten worse because the cost of living has increased, but, like, their cost of living hasn't, you know, it's it. There was an hard. article in
2: twenty March 5th, 2022, that 11% of homeless adults in the United States are veterans.
1: Veterans. People who put their life on the line so that you Almost. can...
2: 40,000 veterans are without shelter in the U S on any given night. And this was written last month or two months ago. Yes. The number of vets experiencing homelessness is down, down over 40% since 2011. Okay. That's getting better. But the leading causes of homelessness among vets, I'm not sure what you're supposed to say politically correct now. I'm sorry. Are PTSD, social isolation, unemployment Mm -hmm. and substance abuse. California yeah. has the highest number of vets living on the streets. And
1: if I were homeless, I'd be in California. Would, yeah,
0: I mean you. Like, yeah, you yeah that's a loaded thing. The houseless thing, and it's like, yeah, because I mean we're. It's not like rain's an issue here. So if you're in houseless from cold weather, yeah, but yeah, you're not gonna die in a overnight. I mean, it it's got it's really bad though. I mean, be, like it's, it's even definitely like bad. Uh, at
1: Fort Belvoir, wow. where we had, um, we never lived on post in Fort Belvoir. We were, because Poppy was an officer, we had a little more money. I mean, there's money. so much,
0: and it's, this. there's so much classism within oh, the, the military. Oh my
1: God, yes. Because,
0: you know, like, our, my dad was an officer, so that puts you in a different caste. I mean, not cast, but a different class.
1: Class, definitely. Yeah. I know that in enlisted housing, mold... Alone is a huge issue. Um, but, uh, what it, is mold? mold. mold. Uh, they're they're living in in homes with all this mold, uh, black mold, and their kids have asthma. They can't breathe. They. Well,
0: it's the and it's just, the same. It's the same issues of public housing. Yes. Yeah. And look at who is in who are who are the people who are enlisted into the military. Right. And then you'll see why they don't care
3: because yeah, it's, it's your poor people class. of color
0: exactly. and, and if you're so right
2: it's public poor. housing i just this is kind of off topic but not really while well, we're you brought it up so we were in new york city like there's so many public house and like you know it's public housing like mm-hmm. it's the towers they're brown they're there like, mm-hmm. it's, like that's what it is you could tell and like we were driving and i I'm just, like, so intrigued and, like, curious by it because it's it's everywhere. And you housing in New York City is such a mind-baffling thing anyway. And there is, it said something like if the amount of people in public housing in New York City, it would be in the top, if you just isolated that population alone, it would be one of the top, in the top 20 most popular if you made it a city in its own one of right. the top 20 most popular cities in the country anyway regardless of anything else and it talked about it was a it's a whole thing of like police are afraid to go in because there's so many places to hide because the way these buildings are built and the way that you can get out and all this other stuff and then all the residents are like well if you're afraid to go in how do you think i feel i'm exactly I'm living there
0: and then, exactly. and then, like that's why it makes the audacity of the governor of Texas when he brings in what happens in Chicago, because that's those aren't one to one. Like well, the the gun violence and the issues in Chicago and why people have owned weapons in Chicago, nothing is, to do with that. It's different. It's an economic thing that exactly. goes back to the original cause of all this to caste, right. Public housing goes into that. The first time I learned what a ghetto was, was from a white woman in Bad Kreuznach, who it was my fifth grade teacher, referred to where she lived as a ghetto. And I remember coming home and being like, what's it? She said it was like a ghetto. What is that? And when you look at, at how it was set up, it was tow- four towers in a square. And yeah. I was like, oh my gosh. Like, it it really did look like... I mean, it's gone now, but like Cabrini Green in Chicago, like these public housing mm-hmm. things. And that was the enlisted housing in Germany. Mm-hmm. And meanwhile, we lived across, literally across the street. Mm-hmm. And we were in the middle because the colonels and the generals lived in single family homes up on a hill. Up on a hill. And we lived in buildings where it was just four family units. And you, as a kid in the fourth grade... Like you realize, like oh, it's like there. It's this class, and it's mm-hmm. all within the United States military, right? It's it's wild.
3: And all then you of look us
1: at- in, uh, uh, you know, the the military member. All of them are in the same place in mm-hmm. Germany, trying to trying to make sure everything stays the way we wanted it to be after World War Two. Yeah.
0: And, and my dad that's why my dad was always like the military that's like take it all in cause this is life and mm-hmm. he was right that's exactly how life and the world works As you have the people who live up on the hill you have the people who live in the middle ground and then you have everybody else and he was like take a look at who is where cause it was mighty white up on that hill <laughs> And then it was, you know, a little bit more, but still we're in the minority. Oh yeah. You know, like, oh, yeah. you knew all the Brown kids in the, in, the, you know, and then you go to the enlisted housing and it's a different, different demographic, but, Definitely. but one that, that represents the, what the United States is yeah. and it. A big surprise the United States military would accurately represent how the United States works. Crazy. Surprise.
2: I okay, was but- looking at this one that said I'm sorry um, the leading causes of veteran almost as social isolation and lack of support um, and in general veterans have low marriage and high divorce rates one out of five live alone yep So the risk of going homeless is higher. Um, Obviously, veterans have a greater risk going homeless than Mm non-veterans. Substance abuse is a major factor. Mental illness, lack of affordable housing, and unemployment.
0: And and you're talking about a population of people who have gone through training to make them be... like their training has benefited the United States government as far as being able to go out and carry out a mission, which is not doesn't necessarily make them the best for, hey, I need help. <laughs> Come help. Right. Me. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> they're kind of bred to be like, hey, go out, do this mission. You're a soldier. You're super tough. And it's not that doesn't really translate too much into okay now you need help and you need to ask for help and stuff you know like there's Mm -hmm. a
1: which brings us to the vietnam veterans who came back and we had had the korean conflict also but it wasn't as extensive so you look at how the returning armed forces felt when they came back from world war ii they were all champions and they won the war,
0: and they well, saved the world. But but, but who? I, because also there's cast involved with that. So if they were a white GI, you came home and you won the war and you saved oh, yeah. the world. But if you were a black GI, you went over there, showed how you were just as American, and then you're get called a boy, and you can't do anything. Right. Right. You know? Right.
1: And then and then. The Vietnam veterans came back, and they were called baby killers, and and they still had the mentality of we can't ask for help.
3: Mm-hmm. And
1: Agent Orange is still an issue.
3: Oh, and they, they don't
1: st- even know all that. Like, they still that aren't getting be. the medical benefits that they need from being exposed to Agent Orange, and so totally ostracized. Totally, uh, I asked Poppy. Um, why it was that Vietnam veterans appeared to me to have the hardest time coming back. And he said, because of how they were welcomed home, they weren't, they were ostracized. They were, you're the baby killers. You're the ones who you created war. And then these fat cats who made all their money off of that war are just continuing to bring in the big bucks Okay, so, yeah, I had um, mental health and Agent Orange is also a negative.
2: Mm. I have
1: Russian roulette. Doesn't make any sense to me at all.
2: Oh, it's it's just, uh, I don't Um, uh, know.
1: Politicians getting rich off of the war. You know, Eisenhower (laughs) told us, the industrial military complex. But my biggest LVP is
0: war. Fucking war. Fucking war.
2: My LVP. (laughs) I'm sorry. It was originally Stanley for punching his girl in the face. Ah, yes. But I have Russian
3: Roulette.
1: Yeah. I mean, gamble on other
0: stuff, but not how many bullets are in the chamber oh my god but after they've gone through the the horrors of war nothing else can excite yeah
1: well there's that too Ah,
0: you know it's just also there's there's just not i mean as much as it's it's just that thing of like with the Runaways, how I was like, oh, we're showing period blood. Oh, my gosh. But it's like you have to go that so that it becomes normalized. And, you know, these guys, they didn't have the – so as much as, as I will roll my eyes hard at people complaining about things where I'm like, just get it. Like, come on. What are you doing? Like, toughen up a bit. It's be- It's because of them that people can have – the vocabulary maybe to put into words what these Vietnam veterans didn't have. Yeah. So, so okay. For me, I have my honorable mention is war PTSD. Cause they didn't even, mm-hmm. did they even know what that was. And, in the 70s? No, and they didn't
1: care. Cause that was, no, you're, you're spending too much time worrying about yourself. We have bigger
0: issues to front. No, you don't. You take care of the people who took care of you.
3: Um,
0: but my it's gonna be controversial. My real LVP of this, especially being an American. Hey, I understand. I'm throwing stones here. Yeah, I'll take anything that you're gonna to toss back at me. But my real MVP, LVP of this, the French. Oh, yes. How I many times do we have to come in and save you? No, and specifically, I have not forgotten about Haiti, what y'all did to Haiti. Always going to bring it up. Look it up, what they did to Haiti. Atrocity. And then for, specifically for the Vietnam War, y'all are the motherfuckers who started this yeah. whole, started this whole conflict. thing. Mm-hmm. I started
2: listening to this podcast. Oh, shit. I'm not going to be able to remember what it... I, like, didn't really know. Who it was, I, I don't know. Uh, it was like not a very official one, but really thought like she really went in on the French, and I was like, Oh, I had no
0: clue. Yeah, I you know, and that's why, like, that guy he shows up and he's French, and I'm like, This French motherfucker, yeah. that's yeah. right, it was yeah. the French. And then anytime I hear the French now, I automatically think of Haiti. And then I'm like, and Haiti is another thing. So that's why they're my LVP.
1: Understood. So now we're to MVP. And I'm just going to go with Robert De Niro. I'm just going to go with Robert De Niro.
2: For MVP? Mm -hmm. Yes. My MVP, my runner-up is the Russian roulette scene. Because you, could you watch
1: it full screen? Because I had to watch it
2: half screen. I
1: know I would do. I had I'd to do, do this. I I watched,
2: watch, regardless of like what it, it was still a very good. The yeah, so Oh my god! Oh my god! Talk about
3: suspense.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but my real MVP is Vietnam, and oh, mm-hmm. I. It was funny because before I picked this, when we were in New Orleans, we were sitting at the carousel bar and Adam, like this man, started talking to Adam. And As it always happens, what? What with our men? I know. They've got talkable faces. And I couldn't really hear what was going on, but basically they were like, privileged and could work from anywhere and we're like oh yeah we'll be he was like oh how long are you here and the guy was like oh you're probably like three months we're just working from wherever must be nice and they were talking about how they travel the world all this jazz and was like and adam left the conversation and was like we should go to vietnam it sounds like a great place so then we started looking at and i was like it does look like a beautiful place
0: I've heard it's beautiful. But it's I like
2: a that really term. long commute. Like it's like a 24 hours. Skit. Like it's a. It's yeah. Four. But I started looking up thing like if you're going to Vietnam, where to go? There's a. T- I mean, it is beautiful. Mm-hmm. Here's some things you can do. Um, you can light a lantern. At Hoi An, H-O-I-A-N, I'm not sure. Vietnamese New Year, they do like a lantern festival for that. Um, they There's thousands of lanterns floating in the river. Looks beautiful. Visit Ha Long Bay, H-A-L-O-N-G. There's 1,600 limestone towers coming out of the turquoise waters. It looks Beautiful. Mm-hmm. Hike through Cat Ba Island, um, cruise the Mekong Delta. Oh my God!
0: There's, there was so many cargo boats that you're you're talking about it through you're putting it through your eyes of like you hearing about Vietnam, but this is like Vietnam is like a beautiful legitimate a country. beautiful place. You yeah. can like ride a, a cargo boat. Uh,
2: there's like these. Cargo boats that are they look like little like uh kayaks and they're carrying all these fruits. Um, the world's largest cave is there at the Fongna National Park. The largest yeah, I, I'm not a, I'm not a cave person. You do not want to go no. in. I'm going in. I'm going into the cave.
0: I'm more uh, interested in the beaches. I the river and the deltas, not big into okay. Well don't know why, but you know, Plus you can't cave, it might be, visit the heart, the, the coffee-making heartland.
2: Buon ma thought, t h o u t. So, uh, beginning of COVID, one of the things going around was making Vietnamese coffee, and it was like it was just like whipping milk into coffee kind of. I think, but Vietnamese coffee is a whole thing. But V Vietnam is a big coffee place.
0: Vietnamese, the Vietnamese ba min, the sandwiches are some of my all time favorite uh-huh. sandwiches of all time. They, the Vietnamese so know about sandwiches. It says search for the first, search for Vietnamese best pho.
2: I love pho. Oh, I love pho too. And then it says you can go to understand it this is like i don't know this website's probably not the best but it says understand vietnam's bloody past and ho chi minh city mm. but it says more than 60 percent of vietnam's population was born after the end of the vietnam war yeah, you're right you're right but the the museum ha- you know it documents the realities go to church vietnamese style it's this beautiful picture um cycle around hue you can go biking find romance at sapa's love market and vietnamese mountainous north um this town boasts fabulous views and the colorful market uh i don't know you sing songs to each other to may fall in love sail past the rice fields you wouldn't want to do that because of the rice spot rare primates in cat Tien national park monkeys are there marvel at the Ban guild waterfall Mm. g-i-o-c i don't know how you say that but there's two colliding waterfalls and the picture is amazing you'll be taking in one of southeast asia's most breathtaking natural sites 70 meters tall and 208 meters wide um the waterfalls cascaded down a rocky limestone face and it's eye-catching. They run into each other. It's beautiful. I admire the Golden Hands Bridge, which is this bridge, and there are these gigantic hands. It looks like these hands are holding it up.
0: That sounds cool.
2: Amazing. And embracing tranquility on Quoc Phuc- Island. I'm not sure. Um. Anyway, I'm going to Vietnam on my next vacation.
0: I got a passport.
2: Yeah. It looks beautiful. So Vietnam is my MVP.
0: I've heard that from many people. I've, mm-hmm. I've heard that their beaches are fantastic because it, it's that thing that I have that, that same, like, oh, Vietnam. Oh. But it's like, that was so long ago. And. But not to me. It wasn't. I know. To me. But but people have like people who have served mm-hmm. their tours where they go back and then it's a uh,
1: very cathartic.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. My, my MVP, my honorable mention is the one eyed Chinese roulette dealer. Cause he, he def, he had like a, he predated Quentin Tarantino he just had a whole style about him that I thought was hilarious and terrifying at the same time. So I was like, "My man. <laughs> Don't agree with. And also, that man has to be so cold blooded that that's your job is you put the single bullet in. I know. have know. It's like Mac, basically. Mac is yeah. the guy. And, he throw... and then he's just like.
1: because no, it no, no, no. It's not going to affect him.
0: Yeah, One way or another. But he's seeing it. He's seen so many men blow their brains out. It's wild that he's just, what is that guy? What is that? that guy seen so much? But my real MVP is much like you, my You had De Niro. I had Mike. How Mike tracks the deer down. I mm-hmm. love, also Good Reheatable is how this is called the deer hunter. How he tracks the deer down. When he has the perfect shot. And then he, like, lets the shot go out in the air, and he's like, okay. And I guess I read that I had a different meaning than maybe what the meaning of the actual film was. I thought they, like, he did the thing, and because he came back from Vietnam, he didn't want to kill anything again. That's how
1: I felt. He'd seen enough death.
0: But then I had read somebody else that they said that that was the moment where he realized that he had gone back on his word, and that's why it was, like, like he couldn't kill the deer because he didn't bring Nick back home. He does remember. I, feel like, made I the, like ours better. I know. He he said that he made the promise to Nick, like that he would bring him back no matter he did what.
1: Make that promise he did.
0: But to And me, he did bring him back no matter what. He brought him back dead, but he brought him back. Yeah, because he had to go back over. To me, I'm like, mm-hmm. you don't need to you've been absolved. You don't need to go back mm-hmm. for that other trip. You got him out of that horrible position that they were in saved him and Steve, all of them. Like you jumped out to make sure, put Steve on your back, made sure that y'all, all all three got out. And then that's on Nick, you know? But he was, according to the guy that I read, that's when he was like, oh, and that's why he was like, okay, okay, I'm going to go back. But to me, Mike's a better guy than I am. Yes. I say, like, hey, I did what I could do. You want me to go back? Everybody's leaving Saigon and you want me to go back?
1: And his quote would be, do I have to save
0: every motherfucking buddy? Yeah. My God, what more can I do? Especially for the guy who wouldn't let Stash have the boots. You would have thought that he would have been like, no, I'm not doing this. Yes. But then it made me wonder of how why he was just so easy to, when he saw Nick run out in that, when they both, you know, when he, uh-huh. when Nick goes and sees, and then he runs out, and he runs after him and doesn't see him. It's like, oh, you're the deer hunter. You couldn't have, like, tracked him then? You were just like, ah, yeah. oh, I guess he went, and then he went home. But I guess then that was the deer hunter in him pulling yeah. him back because the hunt wasn't done. Uh oh. Does
1: anybody think that Mike and Linda got together for happiness? I do.
2: I do. I think the fact, I think that like it's like for me also I'm not saying that I would do this, but I think it's a familiarity of like you're heartbroken regardless, and then right. you're like, you're the closest thing I know to this person.
3: And, and you did. You I went back and brought him, him home.
2: I mean, let's be honest. You're in Clareton, Pennsylvania. Like well, you know everyone that. in the town. It's not yeah. like
0: yeah
2: you're gonna be out on the town meeting new people like.
0: Yeah. And I always got the feeling that Linda and Nick always had a thing, and that Linda. Like, I think
2: Nick had a thing for Linda. She didn't have a thing for him. Yeah, I oh. feel like
0: she was looking at you
1: know she was giving an extra eye to Mike like.
0: Okay, yeah,
1: he said, "Oh, marry me," but you know, you're kind good of good-looking too. Yeah, but know? it
0: was yeah, but it was then it was it was Nick who actually proposed, and she was like, "Okay," because because but I do Mike think they was so standard. together. I do think <laughs> they end up together, and it's not gonna be a happy marriage, and there's yeah. probably gonna be
2: child abuse, and it's not gonna be great. But
0: yeah, because yeah, he's gonna have life,
2: issues.
1: Yeah, any any life she had in that in that mining town was oh, gonna have
0: issues. Yeah, cause I mean, her dad is an alcoholic who just like beat on her. So we saw yeah. that. So yeah. you know, I don't do. I think that Linda decided that she's going to um, go to school and, and move to Pittsburgh no, or Philadelphia. No, Linda's gonna work at the grocery store. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah.
1: Okay, so we are two recasting, and I didn't do one. Guess we
2: didn't do one too.
1: Wait. I wanted to do a black cast, but it needed to be like nineteen-year-old hmm, black men, and I don't know that many. And and so, um,
0: well, it would have been the the uh, Spike Lee movie with Chadwick Boseman. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. The the Five Bloods. The Five yeah. Bloods. Yeah. I did one, though. Okay. So I did it, and I did it specifically in the year, so we, this would be remade in the year 2002. Because 2002. in 2002, De Niro was in Analyze That, Christopher Walken was in Catch Me If You Can, and Meryl Streep was in Adaptation and The Hours. So all three of them are, are you know, big time in 2002. Yes, Definitely. So then, if I'm doing it with with the cast, then in 2002, definitely right off the bat, Mike is being cast. Is uh Colin Farrell is playing Mike? Okay. In 2002. Okay. Because was when Colin Farrell was like burst yeah. onto the scene and yeah, big fan.
1: Nick, wait, Colin Farrell? Yeah. Okay, my Irish crush. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh wait, give me a moment. Oh yes. Okay. I was Colin
0: in there, you, but yeah, no. Oh, Colin okay. Farrell. Woo, that gave me goosebumps. Do you okay. need more of a moment? Do you need to go have a cigarette? Like
1: <laughs> oh, if only I had one. Okay. Whew. Okay. Give me a moment. Okay.
2: Oh, that really struck a chord. Yeah. He does. I know.
1: Yeah.
0: Okay. Moving on. So Nick would be. Adrian Brody, because around this time, Adrian Brody was in The Pianist. So yes. he's young up-and-comer. So he would yes. be Nick. Yes. Yes. Very yes. Nick vibe. Steven would be Joaquin Phoenix. Joaquin Phoenix was in Signs in 2002. so he Yeah, because that was, was movie. That
1: movie? early mm-hmm. in his career. Mm-hmm. Okay. Ooh.
0: And then as Linda... It's 2002, so it's it's kind of like hard. You're like, this was role that was by Meryl Streep. Like, you have to find the best actress of her generation. Like, you know, what are we gonna do? Um, but we have a Kate Blanchett as Linda. Okay, so there,
1: that, could there happen, you go. that could happen. That could happen. Yeah. Okay, well done. I'm very proud of you. Thank you. It used to be my favorite category and I have really not been living up to my potential with our recasting. You've been sleeping. I got to work on that. So we are to tasty titties. All scenes were shot on location. There wasn't anything shot in a, a st- in a studio situation.
2: But not the right location. They were just different locations.
1: <laughs> but I felt like it really encompassed what I feel like uh, the Philadelphia. Uh, uh, no, Western. Pennsylvania steel. I, I felt like it really looked like that.
2: Oh, oh it there. did. I mean, I guess I had no idea where they were. And I was like, are they in Pittsburgh? Mm hmm. And I do not know anything about locations.
1: Yeah, it really felt like Western Pennsylvania to me. And we traveled through that. Um, we did travel through
0: that a lot. Yeah, very reminiscent. And this was the first Vietnam War film that was shot on location in Thailand. Yes. Wow. Yeah. Which yes. I've also heard that Thailand is beautiful, beautiful beaches I, in Thailand. Okay.
2: Well, did you know that I wanted to go to Thailand for our honeymoon?
0: Yeah. Because oh. of Donald,
1: right?
2: Well, yeah, because of a couple of reasons, but Donald's aunt has a dog rescue in Thailand. And I was like, we could go stay there and work at the dog rescue for like- Bring a few more dogs home.
3: Amazing.
2: All I need to do in life. And then we go stay somewhere, but it was during hurricane season. And it was right when all those kids got stuck or like the people got stuck. So Adam told me no. Yeah. You know, every once in a while. And week, then I got food poisoning true. in Aruba. So we should have gone yeah. to Thailand anyway. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah.
1: You got food poisoning when you were away from the really cool place. And in the...
2: Yeah, as soon as we went to the tourist place. Yeah.
1: Okay. I have... You know, when Steve was in the, uh, in the rattan underground water thing with the mm-hmm. rats... That was like for real. And he was yelling at the director, Get me out of here. There are rats in here. There really and were he, rats? Yeah. Yes. He didn't know that. And there really were. And he's like, Get me the. Oh my God. There were
2: really rats.
1: Yes. yes
0: Chimino yes. is a, a character, guys. A well, character. Where were
2: they? Where were they?
0: In Thailand. They, they were in and Thailand. They, they yes.
2: were
1: there was... rats? Yes. yes. Holy shit. There are rats in the rivers. All- Snakes and rats are in the rivers, people. <sighs> I think not, but they are. Yeah. Oh my God. Okay. Christopher Walken, to get so um, lean, so um, like Belt? skeletal, he ate only water, rice, and bananas for that Whoa. ending scene so that he looked just Gaunt. skeletal.
0: I didn't even know. You know what? It didn't. That didn't translate to me. I didn't think like he looked skeletal. I just thought Because he, looked... he was
1: always skeletal. Yeah. I mean, he was always really slim. Yeah. Uh Robert De Niro and John Savage, who played Steven, were mm-hmm. actually they there those weren't stunt doubles. They they fell yeah. off of that helicopter.
0: Wow. And yeah. there's a part in the helicopter where the helicopter got hooked on the bridge and you see them like yelling at the, the helicopter crew because they're going to get seriously hurt and stuff. And that's real. Chimino. Chimino. Wow. Um,
1: That wedding scene that took five days to shoot. Mm -hmm. It was supposed to be like a day and a half. It took five days to shoot that whole thing.
0: It was the St. Thea. The Odysseus Russian Orthodox Cathedral in Cleveland, Cleveland, Ohio.
1: Ohio. Hmm? Jeff Bridges was considered for the Nick role. I think they did good with with, uh, Christopher Walken. Yeah. And Roy Scheider, our Jaws dude, was originally cast as Michael. He
0: dropped out after like two weeks into filming before yes. it was going to happen. Yes, yes. But a lot of people dropped out because... Yeah, I think? Shamino. <laughs> people were like, oh, I got a vibe from him. I yeah. have that this was... Is that all you have, Ma?
1: I have that the Cadillac was a 1959 Series 62.
2: It was beautiful.
1: So, so I'm going to say that um my parents friend charlie hartline would have worked on that that model of cadillac he worked with cadillac at the time
0: oh you know on the on the line
1: the uh, he was probably up higher because he got a new cadillac every year oh he worked on the he worked on the actual cadillac that was um jfk's cadillac that he got killed in um and they had, they had tons of money and, uh, oh yeah, we were the, um, we were going to become the beneficiaries cause they had a daughter who died and my three, the, my two siblings and me were going to actually inherit all of his money. And then I had the audacity to marry him. Person of color, and that all went away. Just ask my sister; she talks about it frequently. So
0: am I allowed to say "fuck Heartline"?
1: <laughs> yeah, you are.
0: No, we can't fuck <laughs> like Cadillacs because we love Cadillacs. No, yeah, right. Cadillacs are
1: fine. He, it just well, cat- his- because
0: Cadillacs would actually sell to black people. That's that's. Like you can look it up. They were so articles so
1: it. They were so racist. The
0: heartlines were racist, not Cadillac. Not Cadillac. No. Incredible. I can't. I'm
2: a Cadillac lady now. I can't. I
1: know. It's so ever funny.
2: Ever imagine when one time in Richmond, um, we were getting gas. No, we weren't getting gas. We were at a we were at a convenience store, and I needed a dime Mountain Dew. Had to have. So I made Adam stop and and I said, I have to get in here and get a diamond do. And I went inside, I picked it up and I was at the checking out and this man was in there saying some provocative things. And then he said, Oh, see you like them caddy men. And I said, Yes, I do. And then I went outside and that was when there was a man hanging out of the passenger side window talking to Adam saying and it was he was trying to sell Adam some meat that was on ice <laughs> an ice chest and it was the one time that we had tried to go vegan and uh, Adam just said nah man I don't eat meat and it was like the most foreign thing you could ever say to anyone
0: their entire life you drive a Cadillac
2: you <laughs> eat meat so, but that's like, so I play that, I replay that scene in my head at least once a month. Of you like them, caddy men.
0: Yeah, like, because there were like people started getting wind of Cadillac, um, like black people were buying Cadillacs, and then it, it was getting up into the chain of of Cadillac, and they're like, do you do you realize that like black people are buying your product, and a lot of people uh products that they found out black people like they were like oh this, this is gonna mean that white people are gonna like our product but Cadillac was like no good oh, great like they, yeah they leaned into it you can look it up why like Cadillac so my dad, right
2: line
3: my dad not so, drove Cadillac. so I was like oh my dad wants Cadillac
2: like I can't I gotta I gotta be a cat we gotta have a Cadillac all the time it was just oh, it's such a smooth ride. My grandma's Cadillac. I only drive Cadillacs and Mazda threes, <laughs> <laughs> or Mustangs. <laughs> that's
0: that's like my mom. If I'm going to drink bourbon, it's only Pappy Van Winkle. Only Pappy? <laughs> I have I have tasted Pappy. I don't. Why like shop around that? when you know what you like? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Okay. Um, this was nominated, at had nine Academy Award nominations, and it won five. It won Best Supporting Actor, Christopher Walken won. Good.
2: Well done. Well he stood one Best Actor. That's okay, though.
0: It won he Best He was supporting, okay, I get it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he wasn't the I love actor. him. He's so good. Christopher Walken. I mean, I had never seen him this young. I was, a,
2: I was oh, my God. I never seen him in a serious role like that. Yeah,
1: this. exactly.
2: I knew I, him from like what's the golf
0: movie with Adam Sandler?
2: Oh, Happy I, Gilmore. Can't. Yeah. Is he? In oh, that? I
0: didn't even know he was in that. probably not. I'm probably thinking of the wrong movie. I'm I like messing now. I always know him because of how he talks. Mm-hmm. Being Wait. older. You did something. With I would it. do. I would do like. Christmas songs as Christopher Christmas Walken songs with, as Christopher Walken oh, I was like, yeah. years ago.
1: Hysterical. Yeah.
0: Hysterical. Oh it my killed. God. It also won best sound, best editing, best director and best picture. Oh. No Robert De Niro. Was he nominated? Um, I didn't look to see the nominations. He could have been. been, um, at the Oscars, the L.A. chapter of Vietnam Veterans Against the War, they protested outside of the Oscars. They had oh. signs saying, no Oscars for racism, and the deer wow. hunter is a bloody lie. And mm-hmm. the police and protesters clashed, and there were 13 arrests. So wow. even even in 1978, people were like, this shit's racist. <laughs> yeah. Well, good. Because
1: when I saw it, I didn't – I was just – I. yeah because
0: pro-american yeah because that's just the way like they're the bad guys this is how it is um this film went over scale and over budget as we've mentioned from the wedding scene just right off that because chimino was a perfectionist and he wanted it the way that he wanted it Mm -hmm. and so he ruffled a whole lot of feathers um chimino this film, okay, so remember how I was doing the per- particulars and when it was the writers and you had Chimino and Washburn and then you had the ankles and the, the soap actor guy? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Chimino and Washburn spent three days writing the story and then Washburn spent a month writing the script. And then when he turned in the script, Chimino tried to deny him screenwriting credit. It was basically like the script that he turned in was deranged. And when I wanted to do rewrites for it, he said that he couldn't take the pressure and he was like freaking out. And Washburn was like, I never had a drink of alcohol the entire time I did the script. So they're going back and forth. And that would be a thing that, you know, Hollywood heavyweights would do with screenwriters is, you know, make you come in and you write stuff and then you get the fuck off lunch where they bring you in the lunch and they're like all right thanks now fuck off and yeah. like you you know you're poor you don't have the means or anything to to um you know to challenge them and stuff so you just go away and they get to put their name on it and whatever and washburn he didn't go away so he took them to arbitration and this um what somebody who one of the producers saw the script and he, and so in the arbitration he was brought in and he was like no Washburn's script I read it it wasn't awful or deranged or anything so it was arbitration that they gave Washburn full credit that's why he gets the screenplay credit and then they gave him Chimino and the two other guys the story by credit mm. ah. all of Kazale's scenes were shot first. Yeah, because he was dying. Yeah, he was dying of terminal lung cancer. And Chimino knew that he was dying, but the studio didn't know that he was dying. And because he was dying, he was uninsurable. So Robert De Niro paid for his insurance. Mm -hmm. They shot all of his scenes up front. That was why... Because the part is like a nothing part. But that part, Meryl Streep took that part because she was dating... Yeah, uh, Cavell, and so she was was basically, you know, like taking care of him and stuff in his final moments, um, and you know was really just there for her and there for him, and she basically just made up her own lines of dialogue and Yeah, they she and, didn't have any dialogue. She she just made up whatever she said. And wow. he, John Cavale, he died before he died after the filming of this the movie but before the movie was done. So he never got to see the final right. version uh, of the film. And she also
1: said she was going to walk on the film because a lot of people didn't want to win it.
0: Well, and
1: she p- said, then I'm going to, and she wasn't anybody at that point.
0: She, I mean, she had a bit of a, a reputation and stuff. Robert but- De Niro had seen her in something on
1: Broadway and mm-hmm. he brought her to them and said, we need her and
0: she still put it on the line for him yeah because like because then the studio found out and he was uninsurable and they're like he has to go what what the hell and then Meryl Streep was like no then I'm going to leave as well exactly and you know that i mean if robert de niro is paying for the insurance and he and he was like Robert fucking De Niro at this point. So And
1: he brought her to that film.
0: Yeah. So you know that he was like, Well right. if she goes, then
3: I right. you know. Yeah.
0: Like but still like she was putting it all on the line. Mm-hmm. Um where so Chimino, remember I've this guy why he's a fuckboy. He went around telling the New York Times that he was a medic in the Green Berets. Oh, no. He
1: no. He's a yeah. liar.
0: He was basically saying, like, this film is autobiographical. And so um, Lou Wasserman, who was this yeah, legendary Hollywood guy, they called him up. And they're like, yo, this, my man is wilding out here. You got to fix it. No. So Lou Wasserman, like, he he did what he could to fix the statements, but the misstatements continued to dog Chimino. Uh. And then it comes out that he, so Michael Chimino was actually a medic in the medical unit in the Army Reserve, okay. but it was in 1962. So it was three years before the U.S. troops arrived in Vietnam. Right, right. And it wasn't after the Tet Offensive, like Chimino had said. Okay. So like I told you, this guy was like wild. In in his Wikipedia page, it says that there's a biography that somebody wrote that says that they claim that Chimino was transsexual. And I I hasten to, because I don't want to say it, like, transsexuals aren't liars. Like, I'm not saying it to be, like, this man is is wild. I'm saying it to be that there's so much of this man that is, it's, like, just everything's on the table. And it's very interesting. Not that he represents all transsexual people in no way. Exactly, exactly. I just want to be clear on that. Just this... (laughs) Man has a lot going on in his life, but then it kind of—if it—if that is the case, then maybe you could kind of see where his path, of, where his lying comes from, mm-hmm. because he's hiding something, mm-hmm. maybe. But th- but uh, but that's not—I don't want to. No, and in okay, 1978,
1: you know if he happened to be transsexual, that would have been a, a far cry from us in 2022.
0: Because he gave all these different years for his birth. For When people would ask him what year okay. he was born, it would be like so many different years yeah. for his birth. Sometimes he said that the war was anti-war. Sometimes it was the opposite. He told Vanity Fair, quote, when I'm kidding, I'm serious. When I'm serious, I'm kidding. There he you added, go. I'm not who I am. I am who I am not.
1: So he's just a pathological liar, no matter what else is going on with him.
0: He's just got a lot going on. Um, He told Chimino, told Walken in that final confrontation scene, Mm -hmm. he told Walken spit in De Niro's face.
1: And De Niro didn't know it.
0: Yeah, so that reaction is real. There are a couple of those. Like the rat
1: scene with Steven. Steven didn't know there were going to be rats in there and he had a rat phobia. So
0: oh my god
1: yeah that is
0: all real yeah yeah he's just very manipulative the stag that gets away is also the star of the connecticut life insurance company tv ads really Uh i couldn't count how many points there were on that stag seemed like a bunch but that's not my thing and i've heard that it's seen that there's been at least 25 deaths attributed to people playing silly games with, with guns. With Russian roulette. Oh, my God. It's so, yeah. so, why would you it's so that? stupid. It's so stupid. No. Just
1: say no. Yeah. <laughs> people do stupid things with guns, though. Oh, no, exactly. they do.
0: Macho, macho. Why,
3: why?
0: It's just that paradox of... Like to me personally, I don't think that humans have achieved a level of consciousness for for the vast majority of us to be responsible enough to be owners. And so it's that paradox of, or not paradox. It's like that catch-22 of like, if you want to have one, it makes me think that you shouldn't have one. And if you don't want to have one, you're like I, Adam
2: and I. We would go to the shooting range, yeah, in Virginia. But for me, it felt like I was learning how to defend myself. Like we would go, and you would get, you could get, you could pick out your target, you know, and it would, you could pick out like a zombie or a man. I picked the man, a realistic man, put him out there, and you could try to like shoot that, you know and it was terrifying every time you you did it. But it's like,
0: we don't need to do that.
2: Right, right.
0: Yeah, I went to to arrange myself and the first time it was fine. And the second time I was like, I don't ever wanna do this again. No, it's scary. Because it wasn't, the thing that scared me was other people. Because yes. you're just sitting there in that line and I'm like there's nothing stopping anybody here from just turning and just no. shooting. Yeah. I was that's the privilege for, I was scared of myself. I was like what if I do something wrong? Mhm. Yeah, no, mine was like other people. It's the thing like with if you get on a motorcycle, like my cousin was like it's not when you go down. It's I mean it's not if well, you go a, down. Well, that's when Adam wants you a go motorcycle
2: down. so badly. And for so long, I've been like, absolutely not. There's no way in hell I would like get one. And it's over like over people. the past few months, I've been trying to come around of like, if this is something that truly makes you happy and you really want to do, like, I don't want to stand in between that. But also like, you're not what makes me nervous. I know you're
0: responsible. Exactly. it's exactly. other people. Exactly. Yeah.
2: Yep. Exactly
1: okay where are we yeah that is our episode of the deer hunter which here we are we went on a lot of twists and turns we did but i i feel like um everything was very educational yeah we covered a lot
0: and i I feel like we're still coming in under less time than the film oh yeah so that's
2: a win-win win-win i don't even know I think it is next week because this is kind of my pick, but not really.
0: Oh, okay, okay. Well, this is interesting because isn't it my pick then? Yes. Okay, so I actually do have a choose-your-own-adventure because I there's definitely a movie that I wanted to do, but okay. I know that it doesn't fit the popular uh, like there could be some ro- rigmarole around it, but roll. yeah, because it's it's very long. Okay. But well, I mean, I'm, I mean, but here's yeah, the thing. Like, okay, they're like long movies. Because here's the thing. So this movie came out. It's Chimino, the Deer Hunter. He's a character. He
3: mm-hmm. does all of
0: these things. He he comes in, bucks all of these trends, delivers this film. It yes. wins five awards. He gets bestowed best act, you know, best director. Mm-hmm. So he can do whatever he wants. And his next film is a film that I've never seen before. It's one of the biggest bombs of all time. It's oh, we've done bombs before. And it's also one of the things that ended the auteur director having final cut like things because oh. he had final cut and because of, of this fiasco. Like, people reacted so badly to Heaven's Gate that they went on and did reappraisals of the deer hunter saying, like, is the deer hunter that good? Oh, wow. So that's why, I, and I've never seen Heaven's Gate. I just know that that it, it was uh, one of the all-time biggest bombs in history, but it's three hours and 36 minutes long. Damn, that's even which, longer
2: than this one. I mean, I, okay, here's my thing. With Deer Hunter,
0: I knew it was going to be a good movie. Right. But the, but here's the thing. So the thing is, so then it, this came out and there was this whole rigmarole behind it. I've said rigmarole so many times, I'm sorry. And it comes out and it's just people trash it and stuff. And then years later, there's in L.A., um, on one of the holidays, they start, so then it got cut up into, um, a shorter version of the film. And then one of these like local LA channels started playing the entire full length Chimino version of Heaven's Gate. And then a reappraisal has then happened where they're like, you know, what really wasn't so bad and what got a bum rush where, you know, was Heaven's Gate. So there's this whole thing, this whole story because the reason that directors then were were stripped of Final Cut because people were like, you can't be going out and just going over budget and over money. Like, United Artists, this, Heaven's Gate pretty much sank United Artists. The wow. company tanked it. Wow. Because it just went so badly. So that's why I have it. But then I came up with another film that we could do that's shorter – if we wanted to, but it's a four. I fort. feel
2: like we have to do Heaven's Gate.
0: I do too.
2: I kind of did too, but I but I wanted to have. And then, I mean, I thank you for letting us know I'm going to need four days.
0: Exactly. Of days. And you're, you're giving like, us okay. that time. But aren't you, because aren't you into the, I felt like we were into the Chimito and that, like, yeah, and, and ear I, hunter. I really
2: like, I mean, it's a candidate for my top movie of the year. Yeah. So,
0: yeah. I feel like we need to All see right, what this do is. It. All right. 1980s. i got to remember start watching that. 1980. It
1: 80, it that's
0: the year of your birth. It is. What year? 1978? 19, how dare you? 1980. <laughs> <laughs> and we can watch it I on. I know. I, I think we, we, can, we should be able to rent it. Probably Apple. Yeah. Okay. Be able to. I, I looked it up because I know that it's definitely available. Um, okay. I know nothing about Heaven's Gate. I know that like he wanted to shoot it all in the midnight hour. I know all of the the film school things that you hear about it that trickle down, like the magic hour, okay. and that was one of the things because he would only shoot these scenes in the magic hour, and okay. that's one of the reasons it went over. He, you know, we've already established the man as a character, so. Yeah, he puts his actors in a cage with
1: real rats when they have a total rat phobia. Okay.
0: Um, okay, yeah, so, so we can rent it. Here we go. Yep. So okay, the cat. Is- We got Christopher Walken. it oh, Isabel. No. I love, again. I love yeah, that. Isabel Huppert. Chris Christopherson. What? John Hurt? Jeff Bridges? Sam oh. Waterston. Oh my God. Willem Dafoe, Mickey Rourke, Joseph Cotton. Holy shit, Mickey Rourke. Mickey Rourke. Is this an is this another Vietnam? It's a Western drama. That's
1: okay. I mean. All right. Well, this will be okay. I I look forward to the challenge. And I think I might break it up like Teeny did. Looks you know? like
3: the
0: or, we're gonna four it. sometimes. Yeah. So uh, not seeing too many POCs in the cast. So <laughs> there, there's none. And, and and that's worth a
1: discussion point. So we will see.
3: All right. 1980,
1: my little baby was born.
3: Okay. I uh, yeah. so
1: was a little baby, not yet. No. You were a twinkle in your daddy's eye.
2: My daddy was not with my mommy yet. Ouch. (laughs)
1: But yet you were still a twinkle in
2: his eye. (laughs) I don't know about that, but here we go. Okay, (laughs) bye-bye. Okay,
1: listeners, this has been The Deer Hunter, and I think it has been fab. And uh, next week, go on the journey with us. (laughs) Jamino. There you go, listeners.
3: Uh-oh. Uh-oh.